0: Howard from the Perdomo Cigar Studios on the Black Stage in Indian Trail, North Carolina. And broadcasting from down on outside Brisbane in Australia. It's episode 117 of the Primetime Jukebox. Tonight we celebrate the music of those who passed away in 2023. And as always, the Primetime Jukebox is sponsored by Perdomo Cigars. Awarded Nicaraguan Cigar of the Year in 2014 by Cigar Journal, the Perdomo 20th Anniversary has consistently earned the highest scores in the industry and is a top seller in humidors around the world. The Perdomo 20th Anniversary blend requires tobaccos has been carefully hand-selected and are well-aged for a minimum of eight years. The Perdomo 20th Anniversary is offered in three distinct wrappers, a smooth Criollo Ecuadorian Connecticut, a rich, earthy Cuban seed Nicaraguan sunburn, and a dark oily Cuban seed Nicaraguan Maduro. Combine these beautifully bourbon barrels wrappers with thick, high-priming binder, and filler tobaccos gives each blend the balanced complexity with layers of rich flavors and smooth, elegant aromas. Perdomo is a family-owned and operated company headquartered in Miami, Florida, with manufacturing and agricultural facilities in Esteli, Nicaragua. Perdomo's highly acclaimed cigars include the Perdomo 30th Anniversary line, Perdomo Double H 12-Year Vintage, Perdomo 20th Anniversary, Perdomo Reserve 10th Anniversary, Perdomo Abano Bourbon barrel Perdomo Lot 23, Perdomo Inenso 70, and many more. For great takes in those impairing information, check out the Perdomo website at PerdomoCigars.com. And of course, we want to mention JRE Tobacco. The authentic Corojo leaf is one of the most robust and flavorful tobacco leaves out there. During the golden age of cigars the Cuba, it's a leaf of choice to make some of the world's greatest cigars. Because one of the most challenging ones to cultivate, it fell out of favor by the 1990s. In the Tron Valley in Honduras, Julio Aroa took on the challenge of growing coro from the original seeds. And in 2000, he successfully reintroduced authentic coro back to the market. With over 50 years experience in the tobacco business, from growing and chewing tobacco to cigar production, the JRE Tobacco Farm has been able to continue to deliver products to market with authentic Corojo. Now with Jerry Tobacco, Julio and JRE have brought their very own brand to market. And each contain that authentic, cut-all leaf. Aladino is available in a wide variety of blends, including the latest release, the Aladino Sumatra. And each represent that golden age of cigars from 1947 to 1961. They're available at your local retailer. Be sure to ask for Jerry Tobacco, a legacy that is tasted in every draw. Of course, we want to mention Tabacalera USA. Makers of iconic brands such as Monte Cristo, Romeo Julieta, H. Upman and Aging Room Cigars. Tobacco USA. Great things are happening here. And finally, by Drew Estate. Dark, bold, and unapologetic, Black & Scars M81 by Drew Estate is an intense journey into the uncharted, deepest, and darkest, and heaviest depths of Maduro tobacco. This is a masterpiece collaboration between Metallica's James Heffield, Sweet Amber Distilling's Rob Dietrich, and Drew Estate's Jonathan Drew. The all-Maduro Black & Scars M81 by Drew Estate is rich and powerful, but beautifully balanced, offering tantalizing notes of leather, chalk, and espresso that's perfect for life celebrations and times of reflection. You can find them at your Drew Diplomat Retailer. And remember, all the live streaming for the Primetime medical shows, as well as the California studios for the Thursday Primetime Show, sponsored exclusively by Drew Estate. Well, welcome, everybody. This is Primetime Jukebox, episode 117. If you're, if you're watching this live, Happy New Year. It's New Year's Day 2024. Will Cooper here? Uh, I am in the Podoma School Studios on the black stage, and I'm joined uh, in the other hemisphere. That's I kid; he has the two hemispheres: southern and eastern hemisphere. Uh, in the great country of Australia, by my good friend and
1: colleague, Mister Dave Burke. That's right. Happy New Year to everyone. Let's get. Uh, I'm in the part of the country where it becomes the New Year uh, the, the quickest. Yes. So I'll be in 2024 by the time you're still in 2023. Yeah yep that's, that's true exciting. um
0: that's very true and uh it's kind of weird because um yeah you are recording this it's New year's Eve morning, right? so it is and it's 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 new year's eve eve night here in in the states so <laughs> so yeah you're, it's, uh, you're yeah
1: it's eight fifteen in the morning it's probably ninety five degrees, I would say and uh yeah. The sun is eventually gonna go. I'm gonna be in shade pretty soon. But yeah. uh Yeah, we've had a little bit of a soggy
0: week here in North Carolina. Um we had, Oh really? But but um the big rains actually missed us and some of those rains were snows in parts like not far from me. So long right. miss missed this area. Uh so I know Hector was actually vacationing up in the Tennessee Mountains. And he left, and and a big snow came in the next day. So by the time he got out of there, um, the snow came Ah. in. The snow comes pretty – you know, the weather just changes uh, up in that part of that eastern Tennessee area very quickly. It could go from warm to cold in a second's time.
1: Well, good for him then. I don't know how he would deal with that, being a Florida guy.
0: No, 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 no. It's, it's true. He he handles the cold it's, it looks like better than most Floridians, um, is what I'll say.
1: All right. Okay.
0: Uh you know, like Raphael Nodal of, of uh Altidus, he melts if it's like fifty five degrees. I mean he's he's like Frosty the Snowman melting at that point. He's, he's suffering. Well,
1: I mean, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I laugh, but I'm probably the same way. Yeah. No, it happens, yeah. You know, I was putting
0: pictures up of the like the Great Blizzard of two thousand ten when I was in uh New York. And I haven't seen this snow like that in 13 years. You know, I got accustomed to snows like that every four or five years when I was in New York. But it's been 13 years, yeah. So it's yeah. And that was a famous snowstorm where uh, the sanitation workers in New York basically told Mayor Bloomberg to pound sand, and they slowed down. because New York normally clears up very quick from these storms, and when I was up there, it was Uh. noticeably, noticeably they weren't they weren't doing (laughs) it.
1: Oh no, that is not good. We yep, got so- uh we got we got tons of stuff going on. We got we, lots yeah. of end of year lists like everywhere. So yep, yep. People to check out. So I mean, for example, like just music-wise, like other than the one we're doing, um I mean Pitchfork has their list out already. Um I think NPR Music has their list out already. Yep. Barack Obama has his annual list, which we will oh, talk about. No, yeah, we got to talk about it, and this
0: is what uh what, what Barack had. President Obama, I should say, he's
1: done this every year, so he did it. He started it, I think, maybe his second term in office, right? And he's just kept doing it. He tweets it out. Um, Courtney Barnett, Australian zone, made it once, which is very exciting. Um, and you'd be really—it's really fascinating. It's a very eclectic list. Um which which we'll talk about. But uh but yeah, and like this the, the we'll 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 t- probably touch on more on cigar news, but um CA has their list out, the top twenty five are out. A lot um, of controversy. You did pretty well. Your your predictions were pretty well. There was Milanio on there, as we all thought there was
0: uh I had Fuente Hector and I had Fuente, we just didn't have the right cigar. Um You had black and it was just a bit lower than you thought. Blackened and black and was on there. Um, you know, there were a couple, I said, I, I, I stood by Alec Bradley making the list and it made the list. Yep. Um, I, uh, I thought Osgoner would make it. He was on there. he made it. Yeah. And there was this brand that was at number 10. And I told everyone it was going to make the list. El Popo. I didn't think it would be. 10. Yes. I didn't think it was gonna be 10, but I thought top 25. Um, Ah, uh, and it's you know, that was a big polarizing pick. Four Cubans make it.
1: Yeah. Yeah, it, it was uh, a... a uh, uh the uh series what is it? It was uh the um uh, The Partigas. Yeah, the part it was a series P or something. What was it? S? What was the series? Was the it, was it the S? Um why am I drawing my I'm gonna book this as
0: we're talking um, because you know, I will. It was a series will, something. It was a series something. Um, <laughs> and uh, like I said, if I don't, if I if I guess it, I'll uh, I'll guess wrong. It was the Siri P. Ah, uh, it was the Siri P number
1: two. But it was uh Caldwell made the top twenty five. I think Cal- so like fifteen this, or something. That Caldwell, I have not smoked it. I have
0: not either. I was surprised. It, but to see, it, but it's landing on a lot of the online media lists too. Okay, I'll so, try it. So I got a little annoyed at the trade show about this trade thing, right? So mm-hmm. I went. I was at the Caldwell booth last. This is 2022, and it, and he has this cigar there. And I asked him about it, and he's like, "Well, I'm only talking to CA about this." I said, "Well, it's at the trade oh, show. What's the difference?" And uh, I just threw my arms up, and I'm like, "All right." Charlie had Charlie Minato had the same reaction. <laughs> it's like he he's like this is a new level of absurdity. I, I like we get like a, a, a look. I get it, exclusives, but it's not a trade show. I mean, you're, you're yeah. exhibiting this thing, and you can't talk about it. So, but that shouldn't affect how the cigar is. And I have not smoked a cigar, but I'm hearing rave reviews on this Long of the Queen. Like, and maybe one of his. Yeah, best. I
1: haven't had it either. So but I am
0: gonna I am gonna seek it out and give it a try.
1: I was surprised. Uh, that it made it. Yep. Um, no, but yeah, CA list is out there. Coop's list, which we'll talk about, is, is Gathering Steam. We're into the top 10.
0: We uh, uh, yep. Yep, so we, yep. Um, we're into the top 10. Yep. Uh, I just yep, announced so- today Tatawahe Verico Blue number 1 as the number 9 cigar. Yes. It's a great regular production Tatawahe cigar. It is a good cigar, yeah. yeah I'm that glad. Like, sure. I like I'm trying to get more regular production ones on the list. It's hard because there have been some really good limiteds this year. Mm. So, but that was a very good regular production cigar.
1: Yeah, we will have, I will have, we'll wait till I unveil it, but I have a cigar that's on Coop's list to have and, today. Number yes, 17. and
0: we're going to talk about that one, yes. Uh, the long history of um, the Coop list with that cigar.
1: Yes, you are a big fan of this cigar going way back.
0: Yeah, through, uh, well, it was, it was something else, and then it got rebranded. So is yes. what happened. So that that's a, and then they kind of extended the line. Is what happened. Yeah. So we'll get it. We'll get um, into that when we talk about the cigar. Yeah.
1: Yeah. But uh, yeah, so let's get into some music news here, Coop. We got a lot to get through. Yeah. Yep. Let me um, yep, absolutely. Be sure to check out cigar Jukebox at um com, uh for all reviews and whatnot. Send an email at jukebox at gmail.com. Yep. With any show ideas or anything. Coop and I are in the midst of beginning to plan for 2024. Yep. So any show ideas, send them through now.
0: Yep. I know we have another one. I think I mentioned it to you on the last. We got to figure out if we're going to do that one or not. That was yeah. the Michael Jackson show, So,
1: Ooh. which I thought had some potential. Yeah. I'm writing rabbit hole down here too, because we we're thinking too, like rabbit send hole. Send us some, send us some starting songs for the rabbit hole that we did that one time.
0: Yeah, exactly. So basically, with the rabbit hole, the way it works is, send us a song. If you like the song, um, what we're gonna do is we are gonna see what songs we can feed off that song or related that. Yeah. Song. And we kind of so- go down this rabbit hole, uh, and that was one of the, it was really one of the more fun shows we've done ever. Uh, so, and it's very, yeah. very, there's no wrong answers with it or anything. It's a, but, uh, no. but you know, if you have an idea for any song, we're not, we're not dismissing the song. so.
1: Oh, no. And then so what Coop and I do is we each start with the same song. Yeah. And we're on Spotify. And then in real time, we listen to that song and we just, whatever song pops into our head based on that song, we just go and listen to yep. that. Yep. And then we write down our notes about yeah. what songs we're listening to. And then we come on the show, we do it blind, so like the other person doesn't know
0: what we're doing. Yeah,
1: usually we have show notes, but for that, for that one, like no one knows what the other person picked. Yeah, and so you go to some interesting. I went to a very like dark place with mine. For you some reason sure, did that. I ended a little <laughs> dark
0: with mine? But yeah, I ended a little darker on mine. But you were dark, like for most of I was dark.
1: I was like listed. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Very dark stuff. Yeah, but that was good. That was good. I must have been in a dark place or something. You must have been. Yeah. <laughs> I must have been. Um. So yeah, but but in terms of the the uh, show, so we're doing our much like Coop Cigars, we're doing our top fifty songs of 2023. I just posted the other day. Ten through six, mm-hmm. and what I'll do is our next show. I'll unveil the top five. Five to one, so I'll yep. be holding off on that. I've been posting two a week, but I'll hold off on that. Um, and if you're like, "Oh, fifty new songs isn't enough for me," that's all right, because as soon as we're done with the top fifty, we go to the oops list—everything they've left off. Which is like, I go through all these lists and I listen to records that I missed, and I'm like, "Oh, that came out this year," and I'm like, "Oh, that's should... it's songs that I that." When I listen to them, I'm like, oh, that would have gone on the list if I would have remembered. Yeah. Uh and so I know I do another fifty songs, which is the oops list, which is songs that oops, I forgot. Right, right. <laughs> and uh, and so you'll have a hundred songs to listen to. And what I, what I've done the last couple of years is like there's links to to playlists for the episodes. I have playlists for the top fifty in the, the oops. Yep. There you go. So and you don't have a... to like search them all, you just go to and new on the website, I have a tab just for those. Yes, I saw that. Yep. So if you want to just read the top 50 list, because I break it up so I can, like, I don't do it all at once, because that would take forever. Yep. Um, You could just go to that tab, and all the po- all the top 50 posts are in the one place, so you could just click on yep. them. Yep, I thought that was a good idea. And and Dolly just posted, Coop. I saw that. I think she was 14. Uh... World on Fire.
0: Yes, I wasn't surprised with that one. Uh, beating out, beating out Ryan Gosling. Uh, I'm just Ken.
1: <laughs> yeah, That's beat it. out. I'm just Ken.
0: <laughs> I mean, Dave was probably struggling with that one. Oh, I'm sure uh, Ryan.
1: I, I Ryan I, I, has uh, had a lot of accolades in his life, but I'm sure the one he holds most dear is being a uh, number 15 on the top 50 cigar jukebox track.
0: Okay, Dave. I'm making a, a first time announcement. I'm going to watch the Barbie movie. Hey, okay. I, I am gonna give it a shot. Uh, it, it is streaming uh on HBO, so I'm gonna give it a shot. I just want to make sure I have it. Oh, is No words. Okay. I'm I'm not distracted from doing it, but but I will be watching sometime in the next few weeks. It's uh, so, so funny. I'm gonna give it a shot here. God help me, but... <laughs>
1: the guy. Hey, you'll make it through.
0: Mu- uh, like I said, the album the was good. The album
1: was good. The album was good. Think of the music. Um, yep. But that's up. Uh, uh, so. Cooper and I were just talking about this before the show, so I'm going to try and do a review of Rockstar. It's a very big record. It's like three records and I'm doing these lists at the moment, so I haven't had time because it's hard to do an album review on something so large and just kind of rip it through. So I will do an album review once the sort of lists are are done and I get that stuff done and I have a bit more time to sit with it. Yeah, Um, But Cooper and I were talking too. We're going to probably do an album archaeology show or two on it.
0: Yeah, it, I think it's an album, look, if you are a Dolly fan, you want to listen to this album. But I think the collaborations on this album are, yeah. are this, this is probably one of the biggest collaboration albums I've ever seen. Um, And I, I think there's oh, yeah. a lot we could talk about. And I'm encouraging, even if you're not a Dolly fan, listen to some of the collaborations. Uh, we're going to talk about one at the end of the show today. Um, And I think you're going to be, like I said, really surprised. And uh, I think there's something. Okay, I think there's an album that is really something for everybody. I'm not saying the, the entire album's for, for everybody, but there are definitely songs on there. I think that if someone can find a song that they like on this album.
1: Well, they, uh, I mean, it's probably her biggest release in the last like decade or so. Like, I know she's had releases, but it's, this has to be the biggest. It uh, has to be the biggest,
0: one. although it, it seemed like it hasn't gotten the momentum I expected out of the gate. If that makes Right. I have happen.
1: no idea what sales are like for it at yeah, all. Yeah. And, and
0: I don't know. I, th- I think they released this album at a really bad time. I think they should have released it a month earlier. Uh, okay. weekend's a bad weekend to release an album. People are just distracted at this time of the year. Right. So I think it's hurt it a little, but I I don't think this is going to be a bomb of an album. I think, you know, it's going to do. No. It,
1: yeah. But. Uh... But yeah, I will do a review on that and we'll do a bit more of an in-depth study yep. of it. Yep. Um. So I'm starting my top 50 of 2024 already because my, uh, well, my cutoff day. was yeah. sort of like mid-December. Yeah. So actually Rockstar is is going to be one of the weird ones that sort of straddles both lists because those singles were released so early.
0: Yeah, it was kind of like Tears for Fears with me. Uh, Yeah, straddled mm. the two years, yeah. Yeah, and my uh, new oldies thing will be coming out late January once the coupe season's over with the year end stuff. I go focus on. Have, that.
1: You're gonna have a hard time deciding that. Like as I went through the top fifty, there's a lot of new oldies, sort of like this year potentials.
0: This year, there's a lot. Yeah, there's a lot of it, but it's, it, this year is much more competitive. Like the last few years have not like there's been clear number ones for me. Mm. This year, not so much. This year it's very mo- more competitive and open. Who's gonna get mm. it? So um, I don't have I I I think I have a list, but I don't think I have it
1: ordered yet. That's what think. I, I definitely don't have some of the one ones. To well, I was gonna say some of the ones I would pick for you aren't eligible because they're EPs or whatever. Because you just, yeah.
2: LPs, it? yeah,
1: yeah,
0: and EPs I'm not making eligible. Uh, cover albums are eligible. Uh, So Duran Duran oh, Which is technically a cover album It's eligible I'm not, yeah. But it's not the number one I'll tell you that It's it's no. not going to be the number one Uh, So it's like anniversary Ooh, You know anniversary And future days Those were songs that carried Duran over the top But This has been some good ones Cinder Williams
1: yeah. had an album out this year
0: Yep absolutely yeah Willie Nelson had an
1: album out this year Willie
0: Nelson had an album out this year Um, It was a good year
1: Libertines had an album out this year. Yep.
0: They're, 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 the Pet Shop boys they're, had an EP. It doesn't count.
1: That either. was what that's the killer, because that's good. It's good, but it's not EP, eligible. Yeah. yeah,
0: it's gotta be a full LP. Uh it's not fair to the people who are doing like a full LP to let someone steal it
1: with a piece Saggy had an EP. EP though for Saggy. He yeah, had an EP. Yeah, yeah. Saggy, make that an LP. You should have known. Listen, I, I want to be fair
0: to the artists. Um, so people who have taken the time to do a full album. And a full album is eight songs. You have to have eight songs yeah. in my book to, to have a full album.
1: That, yeah, that's, a LP, yeah. Yeah, that's an LP. Yeah, that's
0: an um, LP. Man. Yep, so there's definitely a lot. You all know, um, said so there's just a pretty good run of albums this year, I'm saying. so.
1: Well, I mean, that was one of the... So, like, just talk a little bit early about some of the themes of the year, musically, that I found was that, like, last year was, like, huge releases, right? Like, we had... Rihanna like Lizzo Taylor Swift, although she's showing up on the Grammys this year. Beyonce, Harry Styles, like huge releases. Adele. Yeah. This year didn't have the blockbuster releases. I mean, maybe Olivia Rodrigo was the was one of the higher profile releases. But there were a lot of to use Coop's term "new oldies" this year. That's a there, big theme. I saw there.
0: There definitely was a lot of that. Um, like more like so Rolling
1: Stones.
0: You roll, uh, yeah, Rolling Stones. Joe Jackson had an album this year, which was mm-hmm. um starting. Kind of started to get my attention with that. Uh, you know, we mentioned, of course, Dolly Parton.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, Bog Hat. like
2: uh, had yes.
0: Album. I mean, it's just. Uh, I'm not saying that was a good album. Mickey Dolans had an album this year. Um, mm. From from yeah yeah, um, it was an interesting year. It was just a definite interesting year. A lot of people just seemed to get albums out this year, and uh,
1: yes, and because I noticed on my list, there's a lot more new oldies than usual.
0: Yeah, yeah,
1: like almost every. Every entry like every entry has a new oldies on it. always. yeah. Like. It, it definitely, it definitely is.
0: It definitely is. I was just listening to Ringo's, uh, but it was an EP.
1: Oh
0: yeah, I didn't count it. it only had four songs. Like lot
2: thought, of EP, so a nice.
0: lot of EPs. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yes, there were. That's, that's another
1: good. excellent point.
0: Uh, was, and I think you're going to see that trend continue. By the way, I think it's. I think we're starting to get away from albums, and it's unfortunate. Um. So I hope that I hope that's going to reverse a bit. Yeah, because you know, remember I mean, yeah. Stevie Wonder, we thought he was gonna have a new album. He released a few songs and that was pretty much it.
1: Yes, he did. I remember yeah. that.
0: Yeah, and I was really hoping we'd have a new Stevie. They were good songs he had. They were good, yes. That was a couple years ago, yeah. two, three yep. years yep. ago. Yeah. Yep. But so, that's the way
1: of the world coop. People don't buy albums that much anymore.
0: No, they don't. It's a shame. Uh that's why I you know we always favor the physical music. Um, you know. Uh, I have to still listen to Kylie's new album. Tension. All right, that, that's the like. There's about five or six more albums I gotta lick, listen to for my list. New oldie. Kylie's new oldie, by the way. So she counts. She's been People around. People like for that 20 album.
1: 20, 20. I wasn't huge on it.
0: I I wasn't either. Uh, I liked the disco album a few years ago. Uh, was but, uh, but I wanted nonetheless. She's she's someone I would target to to yeah. listen to. Share put out a Christmas album. Here, put out a Christmas album. Uh, I, the, I thought it was very good. By the way, that Christmas song we were talking about. Oh yeah.
1: It.
0: Yep, I I uh, thought it was good. Um, puddle of mud. But down. anyway, yeah, the like some weird ones this year.
1: Yeah, it is. There is there are weird ones. I uh, I digress. Right. Um,
0: um, um. Wait. Anyway. Uh. Yep. Yep. So. I'm we'll gonna see. keep
1: saying albums if I don't stop. But no, okay. um, me
0: too.
1: <laughs> uh. Kennedy Center, you brought this up uh, with Barry Gibb, yeah, um, as well as Deion Warwick and Queen Latifah, yeah, getting he, honors, yeah.
0: You know, first, it's you know, and I don't, we don't like getting political on the show, okay. But let me just say, this, it is really good to see the president of the United States. The, whether you like or hate Trump, it was disappointing that the when he when Trump was it, president, it, he, he wasn't involved with it. Yeah, well, he, <laughs> it, you know, we won't get into that, right? I'll just say, it's, whatever you think of Joe Biden. The Kennedy Center are a great thing in this country. And the president, mm-hmm. this is something that the president, it's a presidential type of honor in a lot of, I don't want to say it's an official president thing. thing. I may be wrong. But it's something I expect the president to be involved with. And I thought this year, uh, there was, some, you know, Billy Crystal was in it. They do act as well. But the three musicians were Dion Waller, Queen Latifah, and Barry Gibb. Mm. So, obviously, I was all focused on Barry Gibb, Okay. Ah, uh, Barry Gibb has been talked about all week, all all months leading up to this, and there were four performances, and so I thought they were all good performances. I thought the the guy who stole the show was Ben Platt with Nights on Broadway, mm. did a tremendous job with it. Michael Bublé, ah, Bublé, yeah, how he hard. was there, he was great. Mm. Uh, Little Big Town, a country band, does Lonely Days, which mm. Barry Gibb has been, you know, he did that country bluegrass stuff a few years ago. And then Ariana Debose did a medley uh, um, of the disco stuff, but yeah. Barry didn't seem happy. You know, oh right. You know, you always look at the reaction of these guys. I remember when Sting got in. When mm. remember when Led Zeppelin got in, and you know, and oh, looking yeah. at the heart. I don't know if Barry was unhappy with the performance, or it was just Barry Gibb. It was hard to tell this one. <laughs> right. right. There was one point during the medley where I saw Barry smile. That was the only time I saw him smile during the whole performance. And they were good performances so I don't know what to make of it. You know, obviously, if you see someone else perform, it was it's really hard. I remember though, Barry Gibb was on American Idol. Like, yeah, they did a Barry Gibb night on American Idol and they butchered They it was Barry had to be horrified with this. Okay. So I I know maybe he got jaded because of this, but these were good performances. These were not the American Idol like butcher job. These were good performances. All four of them were. I thought I said I thought Ben Platt stole the show with Nights on Broadway because that's... A, he didn't try to do the falsetto. That was the key thing. He didn't try to. Mm. Like, like, I think if you force the falsetto, it doesn't work because only Barry Gibb and maybe a few people could do that falsetto. So, uh, and Nights on Broadway is, is a is a Mount Rushmore B G song for me. So uh, I thought he did very good. So. Um, they're, they're good performance. The Kennedy Center, they're on YouTube. You can check out the Kennedy Center performances on YouTube. Uh, definitely worth checking those out.
1: Missy Elliott showing up for Queen Latifah.
0: Did a nice the job. Yes. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Nice job with that. It was good to see Missy, uh, turn up for Queen Latifah. And we were, we were talking before the show, a little su- you know, Queen Latifah, I was a little surprised, um, not yeah. that she, not that I'm not saying she was worthy of getting in, but, um, She's only 53 years old, and
1: this is usually not something a 53-year-old gets in. Man, she must have been... Because Queen Latifah is probably the most well-known pioneering women rappers in history. Yeah. So, like, when she was rapping, she must have been young, man, because that was, like, early 90s. Yeah. walk's 83 got in, though. That's That's the one
0: thing I was, like... She's thirty years old, but I think Queen Latifah ultimately may have gotten in because of the other things she did outside of music, talk yeah. show host, uh, film producing, acting. Yeah, actor, so yeah. I think it was. I think that's what got her in. It's just I don't remember a fifty-three-year-old getting into the Kennedy Center. In, mm. I can't remember one. I wouldn't know. Yeah, no, it's usually like it's usually someone much Shirley older, Jody Mitchell
1: or Led Zeppelin, where they're like, "Right."
0: I mean, you're talking seventies, yeah. you know. Um, I'm not knocking the pick at all.
1: No, uh, I think like Aretha, like, yeah,
0: yeah, but like I said, Dion Warwick, uh, Psychic Friends Network aside, um, three, right. And I'm gonna be talking about Dion Warwick. In, we are in, gonna
1: in, talk some Dionne Warwick. I today. have some Dion
0: Warwick I'm gonna oh, be talking yeah. so a little later in the show, uh, because she ties in with one of the artists, uh, we're gonna talk about. So, yeah, I'm not getting, I just, I was a little surprised with that. That one was fast tracked, in my opinion. Uh, not knocking it, but again, you don't see that normally. I don't know if that's yeah, a trend friend like we see. Saying. We may see that trend continue it's something to watch.
1: Uh, something else to watch is Barack Obama's favorite music of the year list. Now, he tweets yeah. this out. He's done it since, what, his second term in office. He made it before. He's done a few of these, yep. He's done a few. Uh, famously for Australia, Corny Barnett made one, which is very, very good. Yep, I remember that. Now, I got to say... That Barack Obama has good taste because half of his list is either on my top fifty or my oops list, which is very nice. He has a very um, wide, wide music. It, uh... it is very wide. I, uh, I'll, I'll go over some that 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 uh, are interesting really quick. Um, so he's got he's got Sprinter by Dave and uh, Central C, which is a rap, uh, English, UK rap, uh, we well, not group. They've, they're both solo artists that just put this album out. This is on my oops list, so way to go. Um, he's got Zach Bryan, who we talked about with the Grammys. He's got Zach Bryan on here. He's got Megan Thee Stallion on here, which is on my oops list as well. Um, here's one that'll that'll uh, warm Coop's heart. He has It Never Went Away, John Batiste. Nice job, guy, by, by
0: President Obama on that one, good one, yeah. If you heard the last um, show, Teddy's... I'm big on on John Batiste, yeah.
1: Yes, Lenny Kravitz, who has a new album coming out. I don't know how, uh, how the how Mr. Um, got a hold of I that think
0: Lenny's but... I think Lenny's a very steady. Like he may not just have the record sales he used to, but Lenny Lenny Bragg is very uh very consistent. With, with another
1: him. track that made the oops list that coop. I think it was an artist we talked about is Victoria Monet. Yep. Uh, who's up for new artists. Um, he has her on here. Uh, Burn a boy. He has on here. Big Thief with Vampire Empire, which I have on the on the uh, on the top 50. I believe. Yeah. Um, yeah. The one interesting omission. No, uh, no Doja Cat, which I thought the president might enjoy. No Doja Cat. Yeah, no Doja Cat on here, but he has. But it's a very eclectic list. You can check it out. Burner Boy with Twenty One Savage. That's off of his new record. I had a different Burner Boy song on my list. Um, but very, very eclectic. He tweets it out. Um, I, I mean, I'm sure even if you don't have Twitter or whatever, it's probably it. It gets talked about a lot. So yeah, you could probably find it on a number of. Of websites, some of these. Yeah, I, we'll, I, I have heard a of. link.
0: I'll put into the notes uh, when we put the show up as well, so people people can see
1: it. Love that he has black on there. Love that. Uh, um, agree. Agree. But yeah, he's he's done this for a while, uh, and then he's always like, "Comment below if you think there's a band I should check out." And I'm like, "Well, there's like four thousand comments. You don't read them. Like,
0: I'm not gonna No, no, exactly, exactly, exactly. <laughs> um.
1: Uh, but yeah, so it's just interesting. It's just add to the list of music to check out. Um, I always like going through the list and, and finding bands I haven't heard of and just checking them out. I yeah, like
0: that. it's, a, you know, look, whether you like the president
1: or not, the former president,
0: good I for him. I think it's out, a good man. thing. Yeah, it's a good thing.
1: You know, it's just surprising that he keeps doing it. He must be really into music. He, well, he was, not you remember, he was really, a, in the, he was very much into the Kennedy Center honors. He play. was very
0: into it, yeah. I mean, he was, he, he, you'd see Barack Obama singing along to people you wouldn't expect him to be singing along to. Like, so. Yeah, he
1: has a very eclectic taste. He,
0: he does, he does, yeah, he does. And you remember he did that whole podcast with Bruce Springsteen.
1: With Bruce Springsteen, yeah.
0: Again, I know they're politically aligned, but it was still very interesting to hear, hear those two together.
1: Hey, Barack, you want to talk, you know... End of the year music. Come on, jukebox man. Yeah,
0: we love to have you on. Come, come
1: on, come on down. Yeah. I know, you li- I know you listen. Yeah, he's a smoker. Hey, well, he's a closet he's a cigar smoker. guy, surely. He, he's a closet
0: guy, from what I understand. He's one of the guys who sneaks out for his for a smoke. <laughs> <laughs> so,
1: well, that, you know, yeah, yeah. Um, but uh. But moving from the music, let's get to cigars, Coop. Let's get before, to the... Before we get to cigars, I just want to do Whoa, one uh-oh, thing. Uh
0: oh, uh oh. So uh-oh. Dave, Dave did an assignment for us this week, uh, and he. Oh asked, yeah, that's right. I asked him to uh, do a field mission because Australia was the exclusive yep. home for the limited McRib deluxe sandwich. That's so right. Dave has done a review on it and. Uh, uh, so, Dave, I'll just get your thoughts on this. So, uh, what was what was what was this like, and how did you feel about it?
1: For those that don't know, the McRib Deluxe, it's basically a McRib, but they add cheese, lettuce, tomato, and mayo. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I love the McRib, so I I liked it. I think, though, the problem with it is the mayo. Coupe. I, I would that would be my thing on that. I was eating it with my daughter, and she's like, "What do you think?" And I'm like, "Why does it have the mayo? It's just—it's already like bathing in barbecue sauce. You don't—it's just a—it's an ex—it makes it messier when it's already messy enough. Yeah. And like, you don't taste it, and it's just gross. And it's like, why is that on here? Um, but the addition of the cheese and the lettuce—fantastic.
0: Yeah. It. Uh, I would probably be a—you give it a nine out of ten. I would probably, okay, well, agree with, yeah, I'd probably agree with you. The mayo, I can do it. I'm not a big mayo guy, period. Um, I could probably do it. I, I mean, I'm more, like, I am I, was really curious for you to do this, Dave, because I have a feeling we're going to see this in the States. I just said, I don't know when, but I think at some point this will show up in the, in the oh,
1: States. Oh, they might be trialing it here, maybe, you think?
0: They, they may be. They, it may, sometimes, McDonald's is weird, because sometimes they'll release something to the international market never makes it
1: to the States. I mean, it's sort of like they're trying to make a McRib into a Whopper, kind of. And it's like, well, it doesn't really – I mean – So what I said in my review is that you're better off getting the original and just add cheese and lettuce to it. Yeah, I I would kind of agree with you on that. The mayo is just like, why? I mean, the thing with the mayo is it doesn't ruin it because the barbecue sauce is so strong that you can't really taste it anyway. Yeah. So it's still extremely good, but, like, it just makes it mess for no reason, Coop. No, uh... Uh, that's a
0: big thing you know the one thing I'll just say to kind of wrap this up is McRib. the way to order the like I found I didn't notice until I got a McDonald's app right that Ooh. you can request extra onion can yeah yeah on the Ooh, and so I mean I usually be. so I do it now and I get the extra and I like the extra onion on it um and you can go Ooh. lighter on the sauce too apparently too i, I, I oh go heavier i
1: uh I go heavier
0: I agree to sauce yeah <laughs>
1: But when I, I had it, I get the it, fries into it. Yeah, you got so like let's let's pretend the mayo's off because it's terrible. Right. The mayo's
0: terrible. The mayo's terrible. I agree.
1: And I know Fred uh, Rui is taking notes because he's a big uh, McRib uh, aficionado. We mm-hmm. have the McRib there, cheese, lettuce, onions, pickles. It is. I mean, the tomato you can take or leave, but just that combination of things is just magic. Yeah, like just oh. Lettuce the lettuce and the the cheese actually added a lot more than I thought to the extent. Yeah, I I actually was like whether this
0: would work or not. Um like I said, that surprised me. Uh you know, mayo and barbecue just typically do not mix.
1: No. It
0: it doesn't mix, yeah. No. Yeah. But there you go. McRib deluxe, my friends. Good good work, Dave. Uh that was a great field report that we had. (laughs) Well,
1: any excuse to get a McRib. I yeah. told I was I was driving up to get it, and I usually don't get McDonald's. And my daughter's like, "What are you buying that for?" I'm like, "Well, I have to do it for the show. It's work. I gotta work. get it. It's work. You can submit an expense report." Expense <laughs> report to McRib. Oh, yeah, no. But yeah, yeah, I don't know how long. I think it's still out here. I don't know how long they're gonna have it. They have the McRib out occasionally in Australia, but they've not, this is the first time they've had this thing.
0: The McRib window here was very short this year. Um, what is that? It came. It like we were sold out of the McRibs in my area by two and a half weeks. Usually get off. Oh, what? Run. Yeah, they went fast. I think they got less mcribs this year. They're so good. Yeah. Yeah. Um. cigar news. Cigar news. Sorry. Uh, there's not much happening. It's the end of the year. Um. Lists, the coop, yeah. The coop, the coop countdown. Um. Yeah. You know, we we're entering the top eight today. Um. And I'll probably talk about list on the next show more, mm-hmm. but uh there's, there shouldn't be really any surprises on this list. You know, Dave, the, the one thing I just gotta say, and and I love a lot of my colleagues in the online media. The list oh, of, here we the, go. the list have not been good this year. I'm sorry. No. Uh, I'm not saying and look, my list is totally open to criticism. So no, nah, they've been weak this year. I mean honestly I was talking to surgeon last night and the developing phalots list is is really in the last few years has really gotten a lot of credibility. Uh, mm. that's it. And I'm, I think a lot of people look at that list. Cause now you got four really dis, you know, discerning opinions, tough opinions, tough critics. Yeah. They come up with a top 25 and it, and you go to that list and I'm like, these are good cigars. I got on, mm, mm. um, I will say this, a guy who did a really good list this year was Barry Stein. He's got a new website, uh, called the barrel burner. Uh, okay, he, he had five cigars on there. um, I'm not saying I agreed with everybody to pick, but what I liked about his list, there were five cigars I can go out and get.
1: Oh, okay. He had so the Vol- and
0: he had the Volstead on there as one of them, too. So I know oh. you'd be interested in that. But but I looked at him like, that's – and the Coop list, unfortunately, just isn't that. No. I wish it would be. It's not that. I'm not going to lie to people. Uh, I think this year's top ten on the Coop list is probably I'm the happiest with the top ten I've done uh, in all the years. Last year I wasn't happy with it. I don't just didn't Mm. things didn't fall the way I wanted to fall. But the list falls how it falls. It's not I don't have any control of it. I do a scoring system and it comes out a certain way.
1: It comes out how it comes out. Yeah. Yep. Yep. But Uh, well, yeah. I got a cigar from on the list.
0: Yeah, you have a cigar from it was my number seventeen cigar of the year.
1: Seventeen. It's the La Palina Kill Bill Three. Give us some uh, info here, Coop.
0: Yep. And by the way, I'm smoking. I know people can laugh at me. I'm talking the TAA version of this, uh. But what it was the part three that Dave has that that landed on this list. So, in a nutshell, back you go back to 2011. La Polina had this line called El Diario. It was mm-hmm. a regular production line. It won my cigar of the year in the Robusto mm-hmm. size. Great blend. I I love that blend. The blend. I'll talk about what happened to that blend in a second. But in 2012, they come out with a PT Corona of this, um, called the Kill Bill. And the Or the KB, for sure. Mm. And it was the El Diario blend, but it was amped up in a petite Corona. And the story is they gave Bill Paley, the owner of the the prototype. It was so strong, it threw him for, that amp, it was so amped up, it threw him for a loop. So they created uh, the KB. Uh, fast forward to a couple years ago, and they discontinued El, El Diario, um, which is a shame, yeah. but, you know, sometimes that happens. But they decided to take the Kill Bill size, at Corona, and build a line around that amped up blend. And that's how the KB was formed. Uh I know you're not the biggest fan of this packaging. I've warmed no. up to it a bit, okay? Because the old package, I wish I had it, is very classic. It had the Goldie Paley portrait on it. Mm-hmm. This is meant to be edgy, mm-hmm. it's meant to be contemporary. And there's the blend, a lot happening. But this is a powerful blend, Dave. I was surprised. Oh, but quick, I said I quick. sent you this. Did I send you that one? Yeah.
1: No, I got, they actually have it here in Australia.
0: Okay, okay. yeah, I was wondering because I, I was out of them. That's why I was like, how did, I wonder how you got. Um, but there is DNA with this cigar. It was a cigar of the year for me. The Amped Up Blend, I don't think it's as good as the original, but it's still pretty good. It landed in my yeah. list, Uh And I'm smoking the TAA version, which is an inverse torpedo. Uh, yes, yeah. Yep. So you're smoking my favorite size, which is the Part 3. Uh, they added a Part 2, which is, I think, a Lancero Part 3. Is the Robusto and a part four is the Toro. But you're smoking my favorite size,
1: right? I mean, just to—I mean, my thing with the packaging is it's just so much. Going, you got the name of the cigar, right? You got lines everywhere, and then there's blood splatter, and there's like four different kinds of they're, color. Fonts. I know they're
0: trying to reach an older younger lot. audience. I know they're trying to reach a younger. They've tried this a few ways. I don't think they need to do this, in my opinion. And I know the La Polina guys who work with Bill Clay and Sam. They're great guys. I've warmed up to this a little more than you have, but I don't think they need to do this. The story with La Polina is so strong with the history of that, you know, yeah. brand that I don't think you need to do it. La is going through a renaissance the last couple of years. This, the, the blends have been a lot better. I'm seeing out of them. Mm. They were in a slump for a little while. They were.
1: But, I was surprised to see it on your list, to be honest.
0: Yeah, I, last year the 125 made it at number 27. But you got to remember, this cigar had DNA back to a Cigar of the Year. It's just it's not mm. the Cigar of the Year level. But you make my list at 17, it's a pretty good cigar. Uh, yeah, but definitely. they have – yeah, but they've done some good things the last couple of years. I I've, I've like what they've done. Uh, they have the new 1948, which I haven't smoked yet. I want to smoke that. So I think they're mm. finding their way again, La Polina. Mm.
1: Well, that leads us into today. So we're going to do – An in-memoriam show today, kind of focusing on some musicians who passed away in 2023. We're not, we're going to, and so we're going to save our year review show for later. Yeah, I think it's going to be next week or next show or something like that. But yeah. Um, But yeah, I mean, I guess my initial thoughts in doing this list. So we kept it to eight a person because, you know, just time-wise and talking about all these people. Yeah. And so we'll, we'll we'll probably have people that we don't talk about that we've talked about at previous shows, um, you know, that have passed away. So yep. it's just the, the most time, you know, sensitive way to do it. But there are a lot of big names. Yeah. Um, this year, Cooper, not all like, you know, like some artists you expect, like, you know, they're getting a bit older or whatever, but a lot of kind of, you know people passing away that you wouldn't expect some very big surprises this year i found yeah you know um uh,
0: we started doing the show i think it was 2020 because there was so many musicians passing away
1: that mm. if we did a
0: tribute show for every one of them right we'd be doing was- a year's worth of tribute shows so we said we can't do That's that right. so we came up with the idea of a, a year end of doing uh, a tribute again we can't hit everybody we, i wish there were a couple artists i wanted to put i just couldn't um. And the idea is not to mourn them, but to celebrate what they did uh, yeah. over the years. So uh, that's kind of where we did it. I think this year, 2023, we had some bigger, like I said, it was bigger names that passed away. 2020, mm-hmm. the COVID year, was, was, was yeah. really unfortunate. Um, And, you know, this year, at least some of the artists I've done are not necessarily – Lead vocalists or lead musicians. Mm. They're mm-hmm. songwriters, and some of them were supplemental guys this mm-hmm. year that I think made uh made made the eight. That I had a couple I picked that we didn't talk about during the year. Yeah, and it was just because we had a break or whatever, and well, we missed it. Yeah. Uh, but yeah.
1: I mean, for people that are new the show, generally what happens is if an artist passed away, on that next show we talk about them, we play a couple of their songs that stick out for us. Right. So we kind of still like. You know, respect the work, but this is a bit more in depth, I guess, for artists more, that but, particularly yeah. uh, connect yeah. with us or whatever.
0: Yeah, I know. Um, I know yeah. we did two. Did we do two shows? Because we did.
1: Um, we did. We did a um, Tina Turner show.
0: Yeah. And we did,
1: uh, we did Harry Belafonte's
0: Yep. Yep. Which I know you covered both of those this time. Yeah.
1: And I think we didn't do shows on them, but I think a couple of people that you're going to talk about, like Gordon Lightfoot stuff, we talked about in depth.
0: Yeah, I know there were a couple we that I have that. On. I know there's two, one or two we didn't talk about. Well, one, I think there's one on my list. No, there's two. There's two we didn't talk about yeah. that I thought we should mention, so.
1: Well, I'm going to start off. So this yep, one, yep. this is a very surprising one. Oh, go ahead, Coop. Did you no, want to say yep. something? Or... Go ahead, go do it. This one was very surprising for me, because she just put out a song and that's Gangsta Boo uh, from Memphis kind of a very influential pioneering uh, we were just talking about women in hip hop with Queen Latifah Uh, Gangsta Boo is very pioneering as well and her flow um, is uh, inspired artists you hear it a lot when you listen to people like Cardi B, Glorilla who will talk about Megan Thee Stallion I mean even like Lizzo who's got a bit more Missy Elliott in there. Uh, She's sort of a contemporary of, of those. She was in the group. People might know the group more. She was in 3-6 Mafia, which was a big group back then. She was a, the um, woman rapper in there. And then she did some solo stuff. Um, but I think, Coop, when you listen to sort of modern women in hip-hop, and then you go back and you listen to Gangsta Boo, a lot of her flow is... And... An, her lyrics are really copied that well inspiration copied or um an example that people use today so she's got a really modern sound for way back then which is quite surprising when you like hear her um yeah but yeah unfortunately she passed away this year but it's kind of her biggest songs she's got where them Dollars at that's from that's like her like when she first went solo from 36 mafia and then like i said she did do a track, FTCU, which stands for Fuck the Club Up, with Glorilla. Yep. And that was like just maybe a year ago, two years ago. Um, So she was kind of, from dominating kind of the 90s, early 2000s, she was kind of making a bit of a comeback. Yeah. Which is why it's unfortunate as well. But yeah, Memphis' own Gangsta Boo.
0: Yeah, she died on New Year's Day last year. Um, yeah, and uh, I think they found out it was an overdose, an accident yeah. They ruled it accidental overdose. Uh, but she was young; she was only forty-three.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's not that old. Yeah, that's a shame. No, and she was sort of making like another, like I said, by guesting on these songs. She was sort of making another comeback. Um, but yeah, but definitely people that are into the Memphis scene, um, that down there would would definitely be feeling that loss. But no, she's she's great. So check check that music out.
0: Yep, definitely. That's a shame.
1: Mm. Who would you like to uh
0: uh, uh I'll go with my fir- first year coop. Yep, I'll go. I'll start with um this was more of a this was not a singer or uh but this was a composer, songwriter, record producer. Uh, well, he played piano as well. Uh Burt Bacharach. He died yes. February 8th, 2023 at the age of 94. So he lived a very very good life. Um Burt Bacharach is maybe one of the most prolific songwriters of the second of the last 50 60 years. I mean he's written thousands of songs. Um he's written for you know he's written for artists um, you know, obviously Deion Warwick I'll talk about Herb Alpert the Carpenters Christopher Cross. Uh he also was a collaborator. He liked to collaborate with people uh you know, on songs, you know, if, uh, mm. you know, songs like uh, That's What Friends Are For with Dionne Warwick and On My Own, which is the Michael McDonald. Um, yes. Uh, Patty LaBelle. Uh, he, he worked with someone by the name of Carol Bayer Seeger with, with those. Uh, with, on My Own was Carol Bayer Seeger, I should say. Um. So, but, you know, he really, you know, he just, like I said, he, he was doing stuff pretty, like I said, late into his career. Mm. Uh, and I should say Carol Blair Seager was his wife too I should say. Um but he was like I said he was he would perform. He certainly uh, he was like I said when he performed he was on the piano. Um he uh did I mention I didn't mention to Elvis Costello uh the painting yes. from Memory album he did as well. So a lot of good so so there's hundreds of songs I could pick from from, from Burt Bacharach uh I'm not I'm only going to pick to narrow it to three uh is tough. <laughs> um <laughs> but i I started with um a song I know we talk about a lot, but not by this artist uh but but this song was written for this artist first and and that's I say a little prayer for Dionne Warwick mm. so I know we talk about the Aretha version a lot, which is a great version but but this song was written for Dionne Warwick. I think it's Dionne's signature song in my opinion, yeah uh and it's a fantastic song. The second song I picked was. The the song's called This Guy's In Love With You. And it's a Herb Mm. Alpert song. Oh, I mentioned this one because this is one of the few times Herb Alpert actually does vocals. Like he's mostly the the, the one player, right? So he, yeah, Herb Alpert, and he's got great vocals. Um, And Herb Alpert, who I'm a big fan of, this is a great song. Again, Burt Bacharach-driven song. And then, you know, another artist who uh, he's written for and... This is again one of my favorite songs by him. It's Neil Diamond's Heartlight. Yes. Uh just you know, it's you know it's it's interesting how these songs come out, and then you find they find the right vocalist. And mm. Heartlight, I couldn't think of another artist that that song could, could pull that song off. By Neil Diamond. Oh, so it, no. it was like that song was written for Neil Diamond.
1: That's that one. I mean, Brett Backrack. I see what I love of uh Britt backrack I'm a big fan of um well like all of his Dion Warwick stuff I love it's very good he
0: that's probably the artist he's most associated with because he had yes. big, he wrote the big hits with Dion Warwick
1: yeah oh yeah I mean that's who I most associated with yeah is is Dion Warwick um I mean because growing up I was like was it Solid Gold or whatever? I, I would I would see Dionne Warwick perform. Yeah, a lot. Solid
0: Gold was big show in the eighties, yeah.
1: So maybe that's why I have such a soft spot for uh, Dionne Warwick. But you know what? The yeah. Psychic
0: Friends thing—the one thing that just killed Dionne, like it's in this, like, this country. Yeah. If she never did that commercial, like we'd be talking about her differently. Those were just—I don't know. People just took those commercials. I—I didn't think they were. I didn't have any problem with it. It's like, whatever you want to talk about, it's fine. But people took those commercials hard with her. Yeah. Yeah,
2: they didn't like that.
0: Yeah, yeah. Um,
1: but no, good. That, uh, that. Yeah, he was, he was very influential. Yeah. In Ninety
0: four, man. He lived, He lived a good life. Um, and like I said, chances are there's a Burt Bacharach song you've heard out that you like. I mean, it's just there's a great discography he's got.
1: Mm. So who I have next? I have Sinead O'Connor.
0: I knew you were going to put her on now.
1: Oh yeah, if at um, my age. yeah. I mean, she had like a lot, like a lot of like a very sort of troubled life near the end, especially. She She's had all mental her health. Son died, yeah. and it was yeah. like, um. So it was there was a lot of loss for her near the end. She was kind of like I said when I wrote a piece about her on the website. So activist, very polarizing figure and a, a polarizing artist although she probably h- hit some really high highs with with some of her songs but she meant different things to different people um staunch feminist did was not a big fan of the church um yeah. her main issue with the church she Islam
0: she went to convert to Islam eventually yes
1: so her main issue with the church was around covering up sexual assault because she was a victim of sexual assault herself
0: yeah and and they didn't do a good job with it. I mean, I mean I, no. look, we've Dave, this hit home in my parish. We had, we had a priest put on leave mm. because of this. Uh mm. they, You know, it's not, so, and they had to do it because they, there was so many mistakes made in the past. Whether the guy was innocent or guilty, they had to put the guy on. Oh leave. yeah. And it, I oh, mean, yeah. you still hear yeah.
1: people now. Yeah. Um, I mean, and that's sort of what led to the big moment with the, the, um, with her tearing the picture on, um,
0: I wouldn't have done that. Um, just, my opinion. No. I wouldn't have done that. No. That, that. That was that killed her career. Actually, in a lot. Of it
1: ways. was. Uh, I mean, it was. It definitely got people's attention.
0: Um, well, she did that. I, like, she was very good at getting people's attention.
1: Yeah, I saw that live. I remember that was like. I remember I saw it live too. Is like my wife go, was horrified. Is it going to go
0: well? No.
1: Um. So yeah, I mean, I think the 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 issues that she is protesting for, everybody would agree with. I think what what happened was like how she decided to protest those were polarizing. Um, yeah, yeah. But looking at it musically, she like was an incredible success. I mean, the I don't I don't want what I haven't got record in 1990 was massive. Um, and we'll talk about a couple of those songs. That was a huge record. Uh, and then she had a bit of a comeback in '94 with Universal Mother. And then she was sort of like in and out, and near the end there wasn't doing a whole bunch of music that was seen in the mainstream. Um, so I, I would probably say by kind of like the late 90s, like 97, 98, she sort of kind of faded away. But she did have like a huge record, like I said, 1990, and that did make a bit of a comeback in 94 um, with some great music. So uh, she was kind of around. Um, I just love that stuff. I love her. 90s stuff a lot, so we have nothing compares to you, which was the big massive song which Prince wrote. Prince wrote, um, which on the song list, uh, I have her version. I also put the Prince version up there as well because it's interesting to hear him sing it. By
0: the way, she delivered an amazing performance with that song. Mm. That was every, I mean, every bit of world class performance of that song.
1: She was, uh, yeah, I mean. So the other the other song off that record that I love is uh The Last Day of Our Acquaintance. Uh, that's a great song. Um Love that song. Love that record. Uh In This Heart, I also picked that's off of Universal Mother. And kind of after Universal Mother events, singles here and there. Uh, and then she sort of, like I said, faded away. Because um, there's a lot going on in her life. Uh but i mean made some wonderful music unfortunately near the end of her life her life was was pretty um pretty difficult very challenging with the number of different things that are happening in her personal life and stuff so it's unfortunate she had to deal with that but if you look at it from you know like a a uh, musical side of things um she uh, yeah she was uh had an excellent career
0: you know i i i'm a little critical of a couple things with her um but not the music right so i do think there's two things if she did not get have that prince hit if she didn't got that prince song and if she did not do all the polarizing stuff i don't think we would be to be the big star we're talking about however she did have a lot of potential my last couple years in college uh when lion and the cobra came out oh yeah uh, this album was like one of the college underground albums. I remember my friend Steve's girlfriend, Marianne, was all over this album as groundbreaking and stuff. And so I do think she would have had a very good career. I just think we probably wouldn't be talking about her uh, at, at the level she was. She she managed, That song by Prince put her on the map, and then all the other stuff kept her on the map is what I'm just going to oh, say.
2: Her voice uh, is so good.
0: She did really – I mean, I, that was that one I remember she was in the hotel room, like suicidal, that video. Oh, yeah. That was sad. I was just like, get this woman Well, that's help. the
1: thing. She's sort of been through yeah. her – you know, through the abuse that she sustained yeah. and then through, like, you know, her son killing – like, she's yeah. been on and off suicidal. I mean, that was one of the – that was one of the I, – I, I haven't checked yet, but that was one of the concerns when she died. yeah. Yeah. Was that she killed herself because her son was dead and, and that's she sort of has said like, she, well, then I've nothing to live for, essentially.
0: So she had a connection with Dolly, too, right? Uh did you I she did so. that? She did that track uh on Dolly's Just Because of a Woman album. Ah, uh, yes. And uh I believe she covered Dagger through the heart
2: through the heart. Mm. Mm. Yeah.
0: Sinead, man. But, uh, you know, the other thing I was like, she had that Irish, you ever hear that Irish album she did? The Irish folk songs yes. out? Really yes. good album. It's a really good album. Oh, yeah. Uh, it just doesn't, she, that one doesn't get the attention. Uh, but no. It, it was a ver- different, very different approach. Uh, but I thought it was a good album.
1: I mean, I'd say her biggest album is, like I said, "Line of the Cobra, which is her first one. And then um, I did not what I have, what I haven't got. And then there's a bunch of controversy and then Universal Mother.
0: Yeah, was awesome. Yeah. I would say those. I agree. I and agree then enough. after that,
1: it just sort of yeah. fades away. Yep. But no, I had to had to had to pay my respects to Sinead. Yep. Let me see who you got here, Coop. Oh yes, I see. I left Coop some heavy hitters. This is a very interesting one. We didn't talk about him either. He like. I'll let you say first. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You, uh,
2: you know who we're so, about.
0: so, I don't know how we didn't we didn't talk about this one, but nonetheless, um, he this guy, uh, big time guitarist, uh, Jeff Beck. He died also uh, January tenth, two thousand twenty three. Um, and this guy is he had a very interesting career, is what I'll just say. Um, oh, he uh, yes. Yeah. Uh apparently he died you know, he died from, I believe, sepsis, just you know. Uh, mm. because he had meningitis infection, and I guarantee you that was what happened. Uh but but Jeff Beck, okay, um, this guy is basically been called uh the guitarist guitarist. Uh so mm. he's very well respected in, in that elite royalty of car community. Uh he's a he started out as a blues rock guy. Okay. He was recruited into the Yardbirds to succeed Eric Clapton. Mm. And it was actually Jimmy Page who recommended that they bring that he be brought into the Yardbirds. Um, and he had two very good years with the Yardbirds, but he was fired because he was uh, basically mm-hmm. a problem child. He's no-showed, he no showed. He temper tantrums when things didn't go right on stage. Um, so he the Yardbirds said, see ya. Um, and, you know, he was kind of this bad boy, but he did. Uh, for a long time, he uh, he still was very well-respected in the community. Uh, he formed his own band, the Jeff Beck Group. Uh, then he had another group called uh, Beck, Bogart, and the Peace. Uh, mm-hmm. Then in the 1970s, he switched to this instrumental jazz fusion. And it, what, that was a big move because it made Jeff Beck even more sought after as a guitarist for... And like I said, he became this like like I said, guitarist that everyone wanted to work with, you know, musically. Maybe not personally. Yeah. Uh, and he became this like mega mega star that way. And he was no longer just the blues guitar player with that. Uh I picked two Yardbird songs, yeah. and then I have one song uh, as a collaboration. So the first one is "Heart Full of Soul." Uh that's with the Yardbirds. You hear that mean guitar? That's Beck.
2: Mm. That's Jeff
0: Beck. That guitar is. Yeah, Rod, that bluesy Jeff Beck on there, and then another song with the R. Birds, very underrated, Over Under Sideways Down. If you haven't heard that song, uh, this mm. is so good. It's it's blues and psychedelic kind of fused together, and uh, it's 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 fantastic. And then in 1985, he had a good relationship with R- Rod Stewart for many years. Uh, he collaborated. Rod Stewart came on his album. Uh, which was, I believe the album was Flash, and they did this song called "People Get Ready." Uh, it's a, a cover of the old Impression song. Mm. Wonderful song. I mean, it's just Beck's guitar. It's a little away from that bluesy. This is where he's more versatile. It's not not really jazzy, but it's more of a you know, it's more of a mainstream type of guitar. Uh, it's not a heavy hard guitar, but yeah, it's an accentual type of guitar. That worked really well with the with the with the Rod Stewart vocals. This was one of my favorite songs in 1985. People, I just couldn't get enough of listening to people get ready with Beck and the uh, Rod Stewart. So, uh, sad he was gone. I think his career had a lot of unrealized potential too. I think if he had been able to work with the Yardbirds, he probably would have been part of another supergroup after that. It didn't mm. happen.
1: Yeah, possibly. I I mean, the thing about Jeff Beck is he's played with everyone. He, that's what I mean. Everyone wanted to work with Jeff Beck because he's that good. I mean, I used to do. My wife has a music quiz podcast called The Music Eye Quiz. Check yep. that out. Check it out. Yep, on Spotify. But I used to do. I used to do a segment on there called Back to Back. It's sort of like Back to Bacon, Kevin Bacon. In uh-huh. that, uh, listeners would write in a band or artist, and I could trace them back to Jeff Beck. Yep. Like regard regardless of who the artist is. You can trace their connections and you end up at Jeff Beck. Yeah. Because he's played with everyone. Everyone. Like Stevie Wonder. Like everybody. I mean, you go, I mean, again, you go
0: on his Wikipedia page and you'll see it. It'd be crazy. Uh, Just look at the name, the who's who names on there. Um, he played on a song called 5446 was my number by Toots and the Matels. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh that was on the True Love album, that one best reggae album. I mean, he became this He's yeah, he was just that versatile. Everywhere. Remember um, when, remember when Beck the artist Beck came out? Yeah. And I, like kids <laughs> are telling me a great I said no, that's not, that's not Beck. Jet- that's not That's Beck is Jet I'm like, yeah. <laughs>
1: Jeff Beck, oh, yeah, you can, uh, you can, yeah,
0: um, you know, he lived a good life. Uh, he died at 78. I mean, it's not old these days, but uh, you know, um, like I said, he really, like I said, everyone wanted to work with Jeff Beck. Uh, oh, yeah, he, he became more than the ultimate session musician. He really became
1: so. If uh, hey, right, right in, right in an artist or something, we could trace him back to Jeff Beck. Back that, that is I, a really I guarantee it. I guarantee you could do it. And Dolly, back to
0: back. And can we can we trace Dolly to Jeff back?
1: I did that once. I'd have to. <laughs> I have to do. I have to do research. Some of them. I'm gonna lot, try to trace the Pet Shop Boys back to them. Some of them are a lot closer than you think. But we you, could, do, you we could through, do a whole. Sh-
0: we could do a whole show on this too. Like back coaching,
1: yeah. to back. Yeah. You back to back. Yeah. Um. Now, unfortunately, kind of a theme running through mine is a uh, heavy drug use. Yeah. And that ended up end up getting this next. Person Shane McGowan from the Pogues, who, to I be know. honest, Coop, when I, I found know. out that he died, I thought he—I was like, I was not surprised. Yeah, I know we talked about him on the last show, I think, too. He heavy drinker, heavy drug user. Um, older than
0: I thought, like I said, he
1: died November thirtieth. Older than we thought. Yeah. yeah, it caught up. It caught up to him eventually. Yep. Um. But musically, he kind of brought back. He kind of brought back Irish folk music to the mainstream with this sort of like really punky take on it. Yeah. Like it's sort of your classic Irish folk, but he, he, with his edge and sort of his, his heart, you know, known for hard drinking and stuff. He had this punky sort of edge to it that really reinvigorated Irish folk music and brought it back. Like he's, you know, was very well-respected in Ireland for doing that. Very Irish boy. Um, and recorded one of the best Christmas songs ever with uh, Kirstie McCall, which is "A Fairy Tale of New York." Yep. Um, but yeah, I guess no known for that. But I guess that his big contribution musically is this idea of bringing back these Irish folk traditions that were lo- that were largely lost, but updating it with this punk vibe that really kind of like brought him back into popular music, which really they haven't had before. So he yeah. kind of reinvigorated this this genre of music uh, which is great listen he was recognized by the president of ireland when he died Oh this, yeah. was a,
0: this was a big deal in ireland okay um and you know tom waits tom waits had things to say about him uh bob dylan i don't think he issued a statement at the death but bob dylan uh has paid tribute to mcgowan many times and saying it's yep. and he has said that, that mcgowan was one of his favorite artists um I mean, like I said, this is a this is a big in Ireland. This is this is like Hutchins dying in Australia. I mean, this was oh yeah, this oh yeah. I mean, and
1: I think the thing is, it's sort of like if you think about the other example, I would use would be Pete Doherty of uh, if you're a big Libertines fan. Oh, he's a he's a wreck, Pete Doherty. Yeah, it was like his now he's sort of cleaned up, but his drug use and everything, and he would use with Shane McGowan all the time, and. It's sort of the same thing where it kind of like crippled their careers, you know? because um, it was just so encompassing. Yep. Um, but Shane McGowan, like I said, tough fair to New York, Dirty Old Town is a great track. I love that song. Yeah. Um, and Sunny Side of the Street, which is a bit more upbeat. Um but yeah, he he'd include all these like classic Irish Instruments like the penny whistle and stuff, and it was yeah. it was great.
0: Yeah, I mean, um, I think that's why you saw the president. I mean, obviously he was popular in Ireland, but I think the president of Ireland recognized this. Mm, uh, like, this is a guy; he was all about Ireland. This guy. Oh yeah, yeah. Now, so what I yeah, yeah. Dave, we're not gonna say he died of pneumonia after an infection, right? But yes, I gotta think but, the abuse on his body. Yeah, that's it kind of have a, helped. Yeah, that's what I was saying. Yeah,
1: I mean, he was sick for a long time, I believe as well. Yeah are Um, but it couldn't have helped. He wasn't old. He was 65 he No, 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 the no. End. Yeah, but yeah. Shane McAllen.
0: Yep. Ah, I so I included this one. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm not saying I was the biggest fan of his, uh, but I respected a lot of what he did. Uh Tony Bennett. Tony Mm. Bennett died. Um, he died on July twenty first at the age of ninety six. So, a guy who, um, he was he is one of the last of the crooners, in my opinion. Yes. So he is. I think is a couple. I I would put Tom Jones still as a crooner. Um, Yeah. I would still put him in there. Um, you know. Some will say Brian Ferry's a crooner, but not in the same vibe. But, but yeah, but I mean, he is. This guy is a monster. Uh, fifty million records sold, twenty Grammy <laughs> awards, a lifetime achievement award from the Grammys. Uh, two primetime Emmys, and uh, you know it was interesting. Kind of, I went and looked a little more about his career. I'm gonna say, uh, I didn't know a lot about his career until after he died, but he had a big success in the '50s. He was a jazz big band guy. Um, he worked with a guy by the name of Ralph Sharon, and, uh, he became, like, basically his, uh, consigliere, uh, worked with him as a pianist, arranging, musical direction, key figure, um, but Bennett really struggled when the British rock invasion came in, and he couldn't adapt, he couldn't adapt, his style was getting lost, uh, and he went, his career went into decline, he actually turned to drugs had drug problems. He split with Ralph Sharon for a while and things bottomed out for him by 1979. He had a near fatal cocaine overdose. Um, I think his son kind right. of saved him. And then he began this grassroots comeback playing club shows, kind of look like what meatloaf did when he made his comeback. But in the eighties, he started doing, he reunites with Ralph Sharon and along the way, Something happens, he starts connecting with a younger generation with this grassroots effort. Like, um, and he goes and does an album with MTV and MTV Unplugged album wins album of the year, yeah, right. Uh, and then he he was known for his collaborations late, you know, later in his career. I think the most prolific one more recently is the Lady Gaga one, which is Mm. a they did two albums together. Uh, so it was really, really fantastic. Um, he's had a lot of songs, I picked three, uh, Rags to Riches. Uh, is actually, you know, one. I had to pick the obligatory I Left My Heart in San Francisco. That's I love his, that song. He, he, that's his signature song, right? Yeah. Uh, Even though he's a New York guy. Keep this in mind. He's yeah. a New York guy. That, that Hey, uh, his heart's he, in the bay, man. Right. And then I'll tell you what. Uh, anything Goes, which is an original song. When he, I have the collaboration he did with Lady Gaga.
1: Mm.
0: And, you know, Lady Gaga, again, say what you want about her, Lady Gaga has done a great job at connecting a younger audience with great older musicians. She really does a good job with it. And this Tony Bennett thing I think was was so big. I think it made so oh, it's huge. Younger, it was It made so many younger fans. The MTV thing helped, but the MTV thing was almost 30 years ago. Yeah. Well, the last 10 years what, what's happened is, and Tony Bennett was relevant right up until he died. So mm-hmm. uh, it, it's an amazing story he had. Um, And like I said, he lived a great life uh, at ninety six. Um, you know, he just eventually, you know, uh, you know. I think it was he got he was sick for a while. Uh, I believe he had Alzheimer's, uh, and that's ultimately what did him in. He retired like a year before he died. Oh yeah, yeah. I
1: love I love Leopard San Francisco. I love that song.
0: Yeah, uh, Rags the Rich, Rich is a good one too. Uh, but yeah, it's but I but that was he had a signature song. I mean, he's so associated with San Francisco. Because of that mm. song. But he's a New York guy, is what I tell him. Yeah. He's very much a New York guy. He lived in New York all his life. So.
1: But his heart's in San Francisco. But his
0: heart right? was in San Francisco. You know, uh, it's... Uh, I mean, I, I used to... San Francisco's having its problems lately. I'll just say that. You know, I was there two years ago oh, at yeah. this, this point. But New York's having its problems, too, so... Here we go. Nice. Tony Bennett uh, has no, to this year.
1: Uh, this one... Is my first sort of non-vocalist. This goes out to uh, Hector. It's Andrew Rourke from The Smiths. Yes, who was their main bass player. So I say main because he wasn't the original. They had a bass player for like their first gig or something, and then Johnny Marr is like, get out, and and they got Andrew Rourke. So it was like him. It was like Rourke, Morrissey, Marr. They'll add another guitarist later. Um, much like my all my other ones, Rourke was a huge heroin addict, drug addict, and was actually fired from the band. They were like, "Get out!" And he cleaned himself up a little bit, and they reinstated him because they couldn't find a bassist that was good enough to play any of his parts. Yeah, because they were so hard. So they so they reinstated him. So he wasn't gone for that long. He he was gone. they kicked him out, and they kind of reinstated him about halfway through recording um, The Queen is Dead. Uh, but he was regarded as one of the best uh, bassists on that sort of indie rock scene that there was, which is why they couldn't find a replacement for him. Yeah. Um, He would later do work with Sinead O'Connor on I Do Not Want What I Haven't Got, which is an interesting connection there. Yeah, yeah. Uh, But a lot of his music... It's Kind of hard to find Smith songs that really highlight the bass a lot. Um, one of them, uh, is uh, Barbarism Begins at Home, a big bass line in that. Uh, This Charming Man I picked because I just really like that song, and Cemetery Gates. Now, Cemetery Gates is on The Queen is Dead, which he sort of came in on, uh, but it has probably the best one of you know, best bass stuff, yeah. Um, and then, yeah, so he was sort of in and out of the band, but it was. I just found it so they fired him, and then they're like, "Oh, we can't replace him." Right, right. <laughs> so, so he came back. So by the time he came back, they added another guitarist um, to the band. But um, yeah, so yeah, there you go, Andrew Rourke. Yeah, my first non, non, uh, non front person, non singer. Oh, uh, he played the cello too, by the way.
0: Yes. He, um, he died fifty nine. Young, he had, a, mm. he had a bad battle with pancreatic cancer. Um, yeah, he really did. Uh, so I heard it was a lengthy battle from what I understand. Um, so, uh, yeah, uh, very, very sad. Um, and as I said, Hector Big Smith's fam, so that's a big loss, uh, for them.
1: Oh, yeah, but it's and, and it's and the other, I mean, like Johnny Martin stuff, that's still around, so yeah, um. Yeah, because like even though like I said he wasn't a founding member, Mar and Morrissey went and went and got him. Uh for the band, so Yeah. Yeah, Andrew Rourke.
0: Who do you oh I I went with this one as well because it was a big death. Oh yeah. Definitely. Yeah, maybe not my cup of tea, but we talked about him. Uh Jimmy yes. Buffett died September twenty first, twenty twenty three. At age seventy six. He was a Christmas Day baby, by the way. What's he born on Christmas he? Day? Born on Christmas, morning, Day. Yeah. Jimmy. Yeah. born on Christmas Day. Died at age seventy six. Um, listen, Jimmy Buffett is in that category of artists. Okay, he was he has a cult following, mm. and he's much more known as a live artist compared to a studio artist. Yeah, you no, know, yes, he did record in the studio, but it was it very much like fish. I mean, Jimmy Buffett. Yeah. Career was built on being on the road Performing in front of people mm-hmm. But perhaps the most Interesting thing he did Is he created a billion dollar brand Licensing one of his songs Margarita Bill." Mm-hmm. I mean you can't deny That no one's done this To the level he's done it And I think I mentioned on the show He had so many licensing agreements Even in the cigar industry oh, He had the yes. CEO Bill cigar and he had Lotus Margarita Vilitis. He the licensing deals were extensive that he did, and he made he made himself very very rich and made really a lot would, of people yeah. happy. Restaurants, hotels, you name yeah. it. Um, but I don't think that took away from from people uh, liking his music. No. I don't think I don't think people ever considered him a sellout. I'll, I'll, I'll say that maybe his fans didn't. His critics, I think, would right. But I don't think yeah. his, I don't think his fans would. Um, but he was off, he was for the past year, you know, he was quietly canceling shows and, you know, people, you know, that's why people wondered about Springsteen canceling these shows this year. You you always wonder if something Mm -hmm. more is wrong. They kept it extremely, uh, quiet, um, for, you know, what happened. And, um, you know, apparently he was sick. He had, I believe he had, uh, I believe he had um, skin cancer very aggressively, but he was right. in hospice. So he was in hospice several. Mm. days. hospice is usually unfortunately that's usually the end. Uh, and uh, he died actually in New York. Well, he actually lived in New York. That's what people. He lived in Sag Harbor, New York, which is an area outside of uh, Long Island. So, right. uh, what I did uh, for my songs is I did not include Margaritaville. Right. Um. he, had, he So I picked. Two of his songs, from the, he had these like he had like eight songs he was really known for, but but I picked two of them. Uh, it's five o'clock somewhere, which is actually the Jimmy Buffett song uh, I like. Uh, I picked right. Cheeseburger in Paradise, which is another one I really like. Yes, uh, and then I I picked a, a not one that's as popular, but he really did a good job. Uh, he would sing the Hawaiian Christmas song Meli Kalikamalaka. All right, um, and he did a really good job with it because uh, again, Jimmy Buffett was the island island. You know, he was the original Island Jim.
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Before yeah, there was
0: yeah. Island Jim in the cigar industry. Before there was yeah.
1: Island Jim, the yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah Jimmy yeah, Buffett
0: yeah. is is Island. Yeah. He's Island Jim. <laughs> so uh uh but a lot of people, you know, this uh that was devastating for his fan base. Uh he had a, like I said, he had an enormous following this guy. Uh, I don't know, you know, I'm interested mm. to see how the margarita real brand I, I hope it continues. I don't think it will grow. Oh, you'd
1: think more. so. Yeah. And Wait, I does imagine you have that. yeah like an estate or anything
0: uh oh, he does you know. I believe he's got some kids um so I don't know I imagine that's probably in a trust or something right now yeah um he's got three kids um he's uh I know one of his daughters is a is a, is a dJ on, a, on the radio or a DJ or she works a radio I should say oh, okay right so cuz I would uh,
1: assume it would just it would just go into a trust would be my guess.
0: Yeah. Yeah. But
1: I I like Come Monday, this song. Yeah,
0: we Jimmy had I, actually and I I didn't who Come Monday cuz we had it last time. So when right. we did when we talked about it, so I just picked some different songs. But Come Monday is a great song too. I would say that's in that rotation of the you know must hear yeah. Jimmy
1: Buffett songs at a concert. I mean, I don't I don't know a lot of Jimmy Buffett to be honest
0: no i I don't
1: i don't either i don't either um but hey i mean the thing about it is it wasn't like i would say with jimmy buffett it's almost like not gimmicky because he was that way before all the licensing you know what i mean like he was just that was just him so that was
0: i agree that's why i think his fans never felt he stuck. he sold out he still everyone will say he was still the same type of guy you know i heard i've heard a lot of stories um Possibly the best story I heard was um uh there's a radio host in in um New York uh called Mike Francesa. I mean uh, Mike yeah, and the Mad yeah, Dog. Yeah. Mike Francesa is probably the most prolific radio host and he was telling the story that um he him and his partner the Mad Dog they went to a concert and they got to go backstage and Jimmy Buffett comes up to Mike Francesa and starts talking about what a big fan he is of Mike Francesa and Francesa oh, was geez. like, like like, I should be saying that about you, except Mike said he wasn't really a fan, right? But but, uh, but he was so impressed at how, because Jimmy was a Long Island guy, and, and uh, even though he's from the South, he lived in Long Island, and he was so much into Mike and the Meadow. Mike was blown away how much he knew about the show and everything, so, yeah.
1: Well, the person I have is someone that we did a show on, and that's Tina Turner. Yeah, yep. So I'll just have this, you know, it'll probably be pretty quick here because we did a whole show on it. You right. can look up. But, you know, like I said, survivor of uh, sh- domestic violence, had to put up with a bunch of racism and sexism, especially early in her career. Yeah. Uh, and an inspiration for millions uh, in making a career for herself. And then after leaving that uh, violent relationship with Ike, Ike uh, and baby. kind of striking out on her own, uh, Um. And, uh, you know, to the point where Ike would come begging to, like, do a reunion with her and forgive me because you would need money. She just said, forget it, which yeah. I give her a lot of credit for. Um, she's iconic. She not only dominated soul, but also dominated pop kind of in the 80s. Sort of had some huge hits. I mean, maybe not had the album, like, say, a Madonna or somebody had, uh, but had huge hits. Um, played with some of the biggest artists. Uh, kind of had this very powerful, sort of sexy, kind of um, yep. strong persona. Starred in uh, a Mad Max Beyond Thunderdome. Yep. Um, had this kind of larger than life persona. Had tons of energy. Uh, so the songs I picked, I picked Acid Queen, uh, which I think I talked about before. I think I talked about all these in the previous show, but I went with them anyway. Uh, Private Dancer, which is probably my favorite song of hers, is Private Dancer. We did a
0: whole. I know we talked a lot about that album. Yeah,
1: I love Private Dancer, and then what's love got to do with it? Which is probably her biggest hit.
0: Yeah. Uh, lived a uh 83 years old. The last 10 years of her life were tough. She had a stroke, mm-hmm. and she had intestinal no. cancer. Uh, she had to get a, at least she had to get a, a kidney transplant. Um, and, uh, the, the stroke, she had to learn to walk again. It was serious, serious. Damn. Um, so she had a, a rough, uh, 10 years, less 10 years of her life, which was like, she lived in Switzerland, lived out of the limelight. So we didn't hear a lot about this. Um, but yeah, we talked a lot about her career the comeback at age 45. Mm. Yeah. Age 45. She comes back, um, you know, after the years of Ike's Ike shadow and just being abused by Ike and. And, uh, she has this massive comeback. I just, uh, it was, and led to the Mad Max thing as well. Um, absolute legend, absolute legend. Um, she will definitely be
2: missed. Oh yeah. Yeah.
0: Um, you know, um, so yeah, that's a, you know, I know I talked a lot about, I think I heard the Brian Adams interview. She was, you Mm. know, Brian, you know, Brian Adams worked with her very young in his career and uh, he was very yes. shaken up by it. Yeah, so it was. Oh uh, yeah,
1: I mean, I think it was a bit of a surprise. Like you said, she's out of the limelight a bit. So, but people, really but hear... I, but the health problems really
0: weren't talked about a lot. I they, no. I heard a lot about him after actually we did that show. After I didn't realize did how, it, I didn't yeah. realize how much health problems she was having. Yeah,
1: this is another sort of icon. You have another kind of iconic.
0: Yeah, you rock know, look, name. Yeah, this is one of these guys. Not a good guy, right? But. But but you can't deny his contributions to music, right? David Crosby. Yeah. Um. So you know, David Crosby, in my opinion, you know, he just yeah he he a lot of issues with this This guy had a lot of issues. Um.
2: Yeah.
1: David Crosby, notorious uh, jackass. Yeah, um, notorious
0: jackass. Terrible to women. (laughs) Terrible to women. (laughs) Yeah. Um. Died at age eighty-one. Uh. Being early last year very very polarizing figure because he's very outspoken on politics. Uh you know, he was emblematic of that whole counterculture of the nineteen sixties. But yep. you know, he has a his career is very interesting, um, because he was part he came up as a founding member of the birds. Um mm-hmm. and he pioneered that whole harmonizing the new folk music. Mm-hmm. So he was kind of like that next generation of, of Pete you know, Pete Seeger if you look at him as yeah. like the, the grandfather of folk music, uh, he was part of, you know, they did that song turn, turn, turn with the birds, right? Which I associate more with Roger McGuinn. I gotta be honest with you, but, but, but David Crosby was a part of that song as well. Um, but he eventually leaves, uh, and he leaves the form, uh, Crosby stills Nash. And a year later, after being formed, they, they have Crosby stills Nash and young Neil young. Yeah. um, a lot of infighting, and it becomes Crosby, Stills, and Nash, and then Crosby and Nash, and they reunite I mean, um, a lot of times.
1: Two um, artists you don't want to mix together are Crosby and Neil Young.
0: Yeah. Like,
1: they did that's not a good combination. No, no. Even though they're
0: politically probably on the same wavelengths, right? I mean,
1: they make great music, but, like, ego-wise, yeah. I don't know how. <laughs> yeah. That was a bad idea. Yeah. But – Later in his career,
0: David Crosby started doing a lot more collaborations, and I'll, I'll talk about them. So he started collaborating with a lot more artists later on. Uh, maybe, maybe still outspoken, but he, he became, in older age, he, I guess, people, you know, came mm-hmm. up, you know. But I picked, I picked from each of his eras, I picked one song. So uh, I know I mentioned "Turn Turn Turn" by the Birds, but and that was a Pete Seeger song, by the way. But I picked up a song called "All I Really Want to Do." Uh, where Crosby still, uh, Crosby sings most of the vocals, Well he sings a chunk of the vocals, uh, in there because mm. he was Roger McGuinn did a lot of the vocals, but, uh, so Crosby. All I want to do is a great song by the Birds, uh, from that era. Uh, from Crosby, Still Nash and Young, I picked "Long Time Coming." Mm. That's one of the most recognizable songs. Inspired the Robert Kennedy assassination inspired a lot of that songwriting in there. Um, and then in 1989, he teams up. Phil Collins started wanting to hang out with David Crosby alive, right? Phil Collins right. got uh, – and he brings him in uh, to do a song called uh, Another Day in Paradise. Yeah. And it goes on to win the Grammy. And David Crosby is a part of that song, and he does the uh, background vocals. And his background mm. vocals are tremendous in that song. And I could see why people wanted to collaborate, and that's a song it's a it that was from that but seriously album that Collins did, which was more mm. socially driven, so this was a lot about homelessness, and david crosby was was drawn to do a song like that with Phil Collins, and Phil Collins liked them uh you know like i i, I was wondering like why would we why would we hang out with with David crosby <laughs> but uh but yeah, I love that song crosby's whatever I wanna say crosby's bo- background vocals is what led Collins to win the Grammy with that song. Because it was that good. He was that good
1: on it. Yeah, like, beautiful musician, terrible person. Just
0: a terrible person, yeah. Sort of,
1: it's sort yeah. Of a, yeah. I mean, yep. you know, so I think, you know, it's important to recognize both, which we have. So. Well,
0: yeah, and sometimes we, we try, I mean, it's hard, I know it's hard to separate it sometimes, but uh, I which don't was... mind if someone's politically different, but when you do, like, you know, abuse <laughs> people... You're... Total yeah. abusive asset, yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, maybe he's hanging out with Ike right now. Ike Turner, so
1: yeah, oh god, wait, wait, wait they both you
0: know, look below and maybe they're, yeah,
1: oh yeah, oh yeah,
0: hopefully, yeah, it's bad that, to say. And you know, I'm sorry
1: to go on the opposite end of the spectrum is uh, True Joy the Jub, the Dove from De La Soul, yeah. This was very surprising, well, very well, uh, because they were just getting ready to release a bunch of new records and re release stuff, um. Was sort of, you know, like the, you know, highly respected guy. Uh, was one of the founding members of De La Soul. That's kind of a key member of that band. Uh, pioneered the sort of eco East Coast. I kind of call it backpack, jazzy, kind of hipster rap. So it was like yep. them. It was like the the roots a bit later on. It was like Tribe Called Quest. The East Coast really like jazzy influenced sound versus like yep. the West Coast more, yeah, sort of electronic based kind of gangster rap sound. Um, so, I mean, the 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 records were sort of releasing at the same time as these West Coast records, and they weren't really. I think at the time they weren't really like, look, because gangster rap was so huge, but I think you know in time as tribe got bigger and they got bigger they got, they kind of got a bit more respect in the hip hop world cuz they released a ton of records they yeah. had a ton of collaborations um and really laid the foundation uh with tribe called quest for this east coast sound that the roots will really blow up right with their record um that east coast kind of vibe uh so you have that so you have um songs we got me, myself, and I, uh, we saw Three Feet High and Rising. Yeah. Um, Stakes is high. And then they made a comeback in 2016 uh, with a great album. And uh, they did a song with Snoop Dogg on that album, kind of bridging East and West with the track Pain um, that Snoop Dogg is on. And that album sort of like was a big second. Sort of second act for them, and they started re-releasing their albums, and they're just getting ready to put out new stuff. And that's when he passed away, unfortunately.
0: Yeah. Um, uh, so yeah,
1: I don't know what the band's gonna do, but I, I, uh, yeah, True Joy, good, you know, great stuff there.
0: Young, fifty-four years old. Um, they don't know how he died. Uh, he died on September twenty-first. Uh, they he did have congested heart failure, and was on a uh wearing a defibrillator. So, it may be something, but they never disclosed the death. Uh, he was a big part of the rise of Tommy Boy records. I think, you know, yes. especially, yeah. especially the whole uh, De La Soul, I think I associated a lot with the rise of Tommy Boy records. They they performed at that hip-hop uh, at the Grammys uh, mm. earlier this year. Uh, De La Soul, they did the song Buddy, uh, but however, um, he wasn't there. So, yeah. I, there may have been issues for a while with that, is what I'm saying. Um, So, um, a lot of people don't know why I don't think he was there and I don't know why he wasn't there. But maybe this is he had, had some issues for a while. So mm. yeah, definitely a sad one.
1: You have a, a non singer.
0: Uh he mostly well, he's a non singer. He has done some lead vocals on a Millen. Yeah. Uh we didn't talk about this one. No. I don't uh and I think I missed it. He died on my birthday. December fifth. All right. Um, we'll talk about Denny Lane. Uh so Denny Lane is best known as the key member of Paul McCartney and Wings. Mm-hmm. So Denny Lane was like he was really a collaborator with him. Paul McCartney had a lot of good things to say about Denny Lane when he passed away. uh and I, you know, it's, I think Denny Lane is looked upon much more. I think you know he McCartney was really not looked upon um mm. he was critical like Wings was a very critical project because his wife Linda was in the band right yeah so but there's a good story First of Denny Lane started out with the Moody Blues he was one of the original members of uh the the Moody Blues and he sang uh this on Go Now he did do some singing Denny Lane he was mostly known as a background mm. vocalist and a, and a guitarist But he did sing from time to time. And apparently, the Moody Blues in their early days were touring with the Beatles, which I didn't know about this, right? And Paul McCartney got to know Denny Lane. uh, And eventually, that's what kind of convinced him to join Wings. Um, Lane would leave the Moody Blues. He formed this band called the Electric Sting Band, where he did do vocals and guitar. He joined a couple of other bands, right? But the One probably you'd be interested in is he joined Ginger Baker's Air Force in 1970. <laughs> so, yeah, that, that,
1: yeah, <laughs> not a uh, notorious jackass, Ginger Baker, right?
0: Right, uh, we did a, we, one of our early shows we did on Ginger Baker with Seth, I remember, but ultimately yeah. he comes into Wings and he finds the success with Wings. And really, Wings was a trio, it was a band, but the trio was a, Paul Linda McCartney and Denny Lane. Um, and he had about a decade run with Wings before Wings dispends. Uh yeah. And I look at the songs that he, his guitar work or background vocals are on, and I don't think Denny Lane gets a lot of I – th- I think people were a little anti-McCartney or critical of McCartney because mm-hmm. he had left the Beatles. But I have three songs, and, and Band on the Run is incredible. Love that uh, song. And again, the guitar work. By the way, I've heard – if you go on Spotify, you can find a solo version of Denny Lane doing Band on the Run too. It's oh, okay. Not Paul McCartney's, but it's very good. But yeah, Band on the Run, and then one of my favorite Paul McCartney wing songs. I don't know if he did this one at the concert you were at. He did it the one I was at. Let me roll it, and it, and it's that yeah, I think so. And it's it's Denny Lane's guitar, in that song. It's mm-hmm. all about Denny Denny Lane just just kills it on the guitar, um, and then you know Denny Lane he has this little more of a, a popish type of side he shows with uh, with a little luck. So I picked all wing songs by Denny Mm. Lane because I think that's really where his uh, mark was made. Um, And Denny Lane died at age 79. um, So he had, you know, a pretty good career. Um, Again, a lot of my theme this year is artists who were in multiple bands and stuff. It seems like this year.
1: Yeah. 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 No, I love I guess I guess I'm one of the people that knows him more for the wing stuff.
0: I do too. I mean um, the Moody Blues stuff was most people aren't familiar with that early Moody Blues stuff that he did. Uh, the Ginger Baker stuff was like a one project he did. Yeah.
1: Well, yeah, because Ginger Baker destroys everything he touches. <laughs> but um Yeah. I mean, I have someone that Coop this is a me pick, this one. It's Tom Verlaine. Okay. From I television. Know I know you talk a lot like this one. I like television. Now I know you do. They only really put out one really well-known record. And they didn't release a ton. However, um, television, I think along with uh, Talking Heads at the time, so like in 77, was a little bit of punk, a little bit of prog. It really sort of changed the face of music. Because um, you can listen to that their records now, and they still kind of feel a bit fresh. Um, so I think... That they were very influential on, you know, punk moving forward, as well as, you know, Talking Heads is very influential on a lot of bands. Uh, But that just sort of like half punk, half prog sort of sound coupe. Not like fully one or the other, but influenced by a little bit of both. Kind of that bridge. That's sort of where they are. Um, He was a founding member. They only released a couple records. um, But I think they made a lasting impression. Uh, There was talk too of like I think they reunited in the '90s, and there was talk of reuniting again with Billy Idol. Never really came together. They were going to go on tour with Billy Idol this year, and they
0: they told Verlaine he can't go. He was too Yeah. yeah. He was not healthy enough to go.
1: Yeah, so they had they had some some you know they put out a couple records, and then they kind of made one, and then um. But so the songs I picked, most of them are off of Marky Moon because that's a big record. Yeah. So, of course, the title track, Marky Moon, which is amazing. Friction. And then the other track I have is See No Evil. Interesting. So television oh, so. is a group that's talked about a lot, but kind of ha- I mean, they're kind of like you. You, I know you've always liked them. Yeah, I have. They're kind of like um, Velvet Underground. We're like Velvet Underground didn't have this like massively prolific career. But the records they put out were very influential. I mean television is sort of similar. You hear a lot of bands talk about like how they were inspired by television. But television only put out like two records, yeah. really. Yeah. Um so yeah, so there you go.
0: Yeah, he died at seventy three. He was battling prostate cancer pretty hard. Yeah. So yeah, he was he died um And like you said, yeah, television you just don't uh you know, but but he was part of like I called him like that art punk, that post punk. Yes, thing. yes, yes. Yeah. Yep. Very much. Television was part of that. Um, be interested to have a conversation with Trip on 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 him as well, what his thoughts are. Um, but I know that for example, one of the big punk icons of New York was Richard Hell. Um, mm-hmm. and and Tom was very close with Richard Hell. Um, yeah. they I believe they collaborated on some stuff for a while. Uh, but Richard Hell, like I said, he's considered one of the uh, epic punk artists out of the New York area. He was married to well, Potty Smice for a while.
2: Yeah.
1: Yeah. Well, it's like, like I said, like television is one of those bands that you, you sort of hear people do interviews. Uh-huh. And, the, and they talk about, oh, I was really inspired by this. And you're like, who is this band? And I'm like, yeah. yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah, exactly.
1: Now, your next person I listened to forever last night.
0: Yeah. Uh, I know we talked about him. Uh, Canadian, uh, shout out to Canada and John and Mitchell, uh, John McTavis and Mitchell Santaga, uh, our media friends in the, uh, from Canada, but, uh, Gordon Lightfoot, uh, Mm. a really, uh, the Canadian folk rocker, the Canadian country music guy, whatever you want to call it. Uh, he died, uh, at age 84. Um, Mm. so he died, um, back in May, um, And, uh, I, uh, you know, it was, um, I didn't know, I didn't know if he was sick or not. Um, I'm not really, you know, I, I'm not sure. I don't remember. I think it was, I think it was eventually, there was, I believe I heard natural causes. So I don't think there was anything. I don't know what natural causes, natural causes something means infection or something like that happens or, but, uh, I don't want to speculate on that. Um, he really, uh, very in the nineteen seventies was really his peak. The nineteen seventy-four record Sundown's what he's known for. He very much has that northern folk sound. If I uh, if I say Jimmy Buffett has southern folk roots, Gordon Rif was very much a northern type of guy. Mm. Um he's a storyteller. I think uh everything he does is, is really storytelling, which is really good at. I picked three songs. I picked Sundown, which is probably you know really the song that you know one of the songs that put him on the map uh mm. all, that was off the sundown album. I oh. my favorite my favorite Gordon Life is always Carefree Highway. uh I can't get enough of Carefree Highway um right it's it's my favorite song he's done it's based on a he based on traveling to Arizona of all places right. Oh, nice. Uh it's a cool song if you're on the road trip and you're in the middle of nowhere, put that song on. It will inspire you to get through like that remote section <laughs> of the country. I've done it. Uh and of ah. course Yeah, yeah. And of course the record of the Edmund Fitzgerald, you want to hear storytelling. There's no yeah. better storytelling than that song. Uh had a good career. I mean he had a good career. He never I don't think he ever sold out and became this like prolific pop artist. I don't think he ever no. wanted to. Um but like I said, his 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 peak was in the seventies. Um
2: I the, love uh, Sundown.
0: I love mm-hmm. Sundown too. Um, you know, the one album I would say that's really interesting um, is an album that doesn't get talked about. It's the Don Quixote album. It's an early album, right. it is, uh, but it's got it's got a lot of political messaging in there. Um, it's not it's not it's not a Don Quixote type. There's a little bit of it, but it's not really. Uh, but in that, he has like uh the ballad of yarmouth castle which has that nautical theme which obviously mm. the nautical stuff he did a lot of those nautical types of songs most known in, you know uh edmund fitzgerald which was came in 76 so but really from like 71 to 78 was his was his period and then you know afterwards um i don't, you know he he kind of went into some decline he had some lawsuits mm. that happened um but, uh, you know, he started in the 2000s. he started going on the road again. So uh, Miss Gordon Lightfoot, uh, good, good, good musician.
1: Mm. Yep. I knew Gordon Lightfoot. Yeah, I loved it. I was listening to Sundown last night. Love that song. Dun, dun.
0: Oh, very so unique good. style. He had a very unique. That's a, His style was so much Gordon Lightfoot
2: mm.
0: that I don't think anyone
1: replicated that style. My last one is the one we did a show on Harry Belafonte. Yep,
0: yeah, we did that. Uh, yeah.
1: uh, so I'll, I'll make this one quick. Cause he did a massive show on him. Uh, musician, activist, philanthropist, Broadway talent, actor. He kind of did it all. Coop. Yep. Um, he sang a number of genres, which we sort of went into, that I think people aren't aware of because they know more. I mean, he's popular for his Calypso stuff. But he was doing, like, Broadway, folk, jazz. The Calypso stuff is what made him huge, but he had he was very prolific and like was able to sing in a very different genres. Um the songs I picked for him kind of I tried to hit the different genres. So we have Jump in the Line, which is like my favorite song, and that's like the Calypso vibe, which kind of made him really big. When you find what he did was he knew the Calypso stuff would sell really well. So he'd do a calypso album, make a ton of money off of that, and then go do like blues and jazz albums and stuff. Right. And then go, "Okay, I'll do another calypso one and then do another one with that and then go off and do other stuff." So um John Henry is was from really early in his career. It's kind of a good, good kind of folk song there. Uh and then he did with Lena Horne, he did this record Porgy and Bess. Yeah, with Lena Horne, which is very good. So I put Bess. You is my woman. It's kind of that more sort of Broadway jazzy sort of, sort of vibe of his. And you know you can't go wrong doing a record with Lena Horne. Who...
0: No, definitely not. Uh so, live the live, live yeah. the one ninety six.
1: Yeah, he did a ton of stuff. Like just a, like had a massive, massive life.
0: Yeah, yeah, he definitely did. Uh he died April twenty fifth, con- congestive heart failure. Um very, very interesting career politically charged, I would say. A lot of people still, you know, he was very critical of the Bush administration. Uh he was close to Martin Luther King. Mm -hmm. Uh very critical of, you know, things. But he's won I was surprised he only won three Grammy Awards and one of them was a lifetime achievement. Um but But he did everything he did. But he won an Emmy and a Tony, so he won three of the four, the fourth being the Oscar. He didn't win. He got a Kennedy Center honor. Um. Mm-hmm. So he was. uh but you know, he really kind of broke through and popularized that calypso sound that we know. Yes, you know, definitely. The, the banana is most well known yeah, for yeah. yeah. Deo. You know, the banana song really put it on. But but really, he went far beyond after that. We've talked. I know we talked a lot about that one. Um. So ninety six.
1: Your last one here, Coop.
0: Yeah, this one we talked about as well. And, you know, this guy was an absolute, not the biggest name. But I got to say, I would put him as a creative force with anyone on this uh, list. And that is Robbie Robertson, uh, who died August Mm. 9th, 2023, 80 years old. I didn't realize he was that old, to be honest with you, Um, when that happened. uh, He died uh, from prostate cancer. He was also suffering for a while with that. And you know, look, listen, uh, he's known for two things, Robbie Robertson. Uh he was a member of the band, the band, the band. Uh, and <laughs> he was also the lead guitarist for D- Bob Dylan for many years. And the band was originally a band that backed Bob Dylan. And he yep. struck out yeah, on yeah, his yeah. own. But let me tell you, Robbie Robertson, again, crossed the pass of many people, and he influenced uh he had this American Canadian guy, by the way. He's a Canadian guy, people don't realize. Robbie Robertson was born in Canada, um, and he was yeah he was born in Toronto, um, so he's Canadian guy. But he created a sound. The band had this true Americana sound that they had, and it caught the attention of so many people, not just Dylan, but uh, Harris George Harrison is probably the other one. Uh, I've heard Fish, Pink Floyd, and Grateful Dead all mention him as well. So he, you know, people really considered him not a vocalist. You know, he was, like I said, he was a guitar player. Uh, but for the yeah. band, he did all the songwriting. Uh, so I picked three songs that I think are really just classic ones. Uh, the Weight, uh, mm. The Night They Drove Old Dixon Down, mm. and Acadian Driftwood. I mean, they just, uh, you know, you just, you'll really appreciate him as a songwriter. Uh, when you, if you haven't heard Robbie Robertson's music, this is one you just go to our playlist, check it out. Check out some of his other songs. Never Became the Megastar. No. Um, but the last thing I'll say is, you know, when we talked about him dying, Bob Dylan, who doesn't talk a lot, issued a no. statement on Robbie Robertson and how important mm-hmm. a person this guy was. So, uh, I, uh, like I said, I've really come to appreciate uh Robbie Robertson, um, you know, over the years. And like I said, he, uh, I don't, I don't remember if he's in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. I don't know if he is. He, oh no he know. is the band is the band Would is the band be what the mean? band is, yes, the band is. I think he should be on I think he deserves on his own to be in it as well. Mm. Yeah. Uh but uh very, very, uh very, very well spoken guy. So um yeah, that's my list. You know, there were so many others that I didn't include. It's yeah. just too numerous. Um and we're not doing any distract. The the one I kind of bumped was Lisa Marie Presley. Uh I was mm. I was a huge fan of her personally. Very sad to see her die, but um I just she we we talked about her Not like we didn't talk about her. We talked
1: yeah. about her in a previous show. So that's what I got. Ah, so fi- what are your final thoughts on your cigar there, Coop? You still got a bit left there. Yeah,
0: it's um burns a little wonky. I'll be honest with you, and I don't have a lot of air blowing through here right now. Uh, but it's powerful. This thing is just kicking me in my butt right now um great <laughs> natural tobacco flavors some earthy flavors There's definitely a pepper component on the retro hair, you are really going to feel that pepper uh mm. strong cigar strong cigar I'm glad I I'm glad I ate something before, earlier in the day otherwise I'd be really <laughs> struggling right now with this one I prefer the size you have I'll be going No go I
1: think I mean my notes are a lot similar to yours I mean my construction I think that is acting a bit better um yeah, that's my I haven't experience. had any I had any issues with it at all. No, no, I agree with that try. Um, but yeah, strong. You get a good sweetness out of it. You get a punch, lots of body. It's still performing well near the end here. I didn't get the pepper you are of talking about. I don't know if it's I just missed it or you get it or in work, retro. But... I get it
0: in the retro. I get it with with. Right. And I think it has to do with the taperings on this one too. Um, okay. it uh, like I got it. This is the one I did for the TAA. I give them credit; they did a unique size for the TAA. Um, what I will say is about this cigar, this blend, Period, is um, I also get a little fruity sweetness coming off of it. You too. do, uh, yeah. But this cigar, it's it's mostly Honduran. It doesn't dry out my palate. No right. So, uh. Like I said, and the black pepper on this, I think, on both of these cigars, really kicks in that last third too.
2: Mm, but it's on the it's retro hell cigar, though.
0: It's on, yeah. Oh, it's it's full strains, full body, yeah. But uh, I gave this one, I gave this one an eighty-eight. I gave yours a ninety.
1: It's a great cigar.
0: Yeah, I mean, like I said this is I I I like the El Diario better mm. because it was a little dialed back, and you really get. A better balance of the strength and body with that cigar.
1: I had that cigar forever ago. I managed. It's a to good. It was like
0: I said. Stuff. I used to go through boxes of those Robustos. It was a. a that was one of Lapulinas. You know, it it got lost like any other cigar. And then, yeah. I got to be honest, la Polina was coming out a lot of stuff that just was not up to what I expected from La Polina From like, you know, you go around to a 2015 after the family series was brought back. I really hadn't been impressed with a lot of La Polina until mm. the last couple of years, so um but I'm glad to see them uh coming back, you know, trying to make a comeback here, which is good. New Music
1: 45. Yep. The Hustler, which now has the SBC twenty two.
0: Yes. Uh I gotta get some of those by the way, Bill, you reminded me of them. Uh of course Cigar Hustler located in Deltona, Florida. They have a great selection boutique, tried and true brands. Uh, outstanding humidor as a whole. Lounge is great. Great customer service. Um, and uh, if you can't get to Deltona, Florida, you want to get on to the website. Uh, get on that mailing list and scarhustle.com. Uh, because the mailing list will let you know of things that are coming into the store. A lot of the limiteds go through there. If you're an LCA fan, they have the LCA stuff that goes through there. Mm-hmm. Uh, and check out their social media. Sometimes they throw that stuff on social media as well for that. And, of course, check out the Ace Cigar Hustlers podcast. I heard they're doing a top 25 list or something this year.
1: Okay. I'll check that they, out. They
0: did, a, they did a review of the cigar aficionado list, uh, which I thought was, they did a good job with that. So um, Check it out. I think they gave a fair assessment of that list, by the way. All right. So, uh, I didn't agree with everything, but what I say is when you give a fair assessment, that's all I I think you can ask for there.
1: Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah. Yep. Um let's do some let's do some uh new music. Yep. We got uh Side Eight, Dolly Parton and Chris Stapleton with Night Moves.
0: Now this is one of the songs that I wanted yeah, this is what really inspired me to kind of go and talk about doing a Dolly uh Rockstar show.
1: So this is off of Rockstar. It's a Bob Seger cover. Yep. Um it's amazing rendition and it's definitely gonna make the top fifty of next year. Yeah. But have you had a l li- you've had a listen to it, Coop?
0: Yeah, and you know, it's great. It's a great cover, by the way. My thing is I remember what I was saying a few weeks ago, I thought that Chris Stapleton may be a candidate to go mainstream. Ooh, yeah. This is I'm seeing it and I see the potential. That maybe Ooh, we see Chris. Now he's really good at hardcore country. But this was an interesting collaboration. You got two – a hardcore country artist like Chris Stapleton, someone who's rooted in country with, with Dolly Parton. They pull off a very good cover of a very good rock song. Yeah. I, I think this was absolutely Chris Stapleton dipping his feet into doing something different. So I think it's something worth watching right now. Mm. And it was really good. They had really good job oh, yeah. they did on this song, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah.
1: I think you'll hear more Chris Stapleton in the Grammys next year because his album will be eligible. Yeah. And so, like said, I said, I, I, very good.
0: I expect a less country album from Chris Stapleton in the next couple of years. I, I do. Mm, I think it's, yeah, I can see that. I don't think he's going to go abandon it, but I no. kind of see him maybe going to, and it's going to be interesting to see if he could pull it off because I've seen this mixed results with country artists do that.
1: Mm, hey, Taylor yeah. did it. Yeah. I mean, she wasn't as hardcore as he is, but no, no, he's
0: old, old school country. That's why I'm kind of very interested yeah. in this one, yeah. But I think he's got the potential, and this, this oh, was a great does. test, yeah.
1: Uh, side B, I'm sticking with country, going very rootsy, Bible thumping bluegrass on this band. Yeah, this yes, yes you did. <laughs> with a Tiny Wooden Box, uh, The Dead South, I've listened to for a while. They, this is their latest single, but it is that sort of. With lack of a better term, it's that Bible thumping bluegrass yeah. kind of yep. kind of vibe. Uh, it's good. I like it. Nice. Um, so that's the album. Is, yeah. They don't have the album out yet. It's just a single. I, like didn't, I was going to ask you right. that. I didn't think it was out yet. I yeah. No, just a single right now. Uh, an album archaeology. Shout outs to Hector. Of course. Yep. Listen to the Queen is dead. The Smiths. Yeah. Got Andy Johnny Morrissey the boys. They're at the height. I think this is the height of their career. Now that's also is the end of their career. Yeah. But I think if they're at their height, these tracks have a very full sound. The, the, there's a lot of iconic tracks. Um, You got the title track. You got uh Big Mouse tracks again. The Boy of the Thorn of His Side. There's a light that never goes out. All huge tracks on this song. So, or on this record. So it's a huge record. Yep. Huge.
0: Yep, no, I think it's a good one. Uh, you know, I was, I was thinking about this track. Um, and we were talking earlier in the show about Long Live the Queen, the Caldwell cigar. Yes. And then there's also a Caldwell cigar called the King is Dead. So I wonder if there's going to be a Queen is Dead cigar.
1: Oh, then you can then then we'll have to do that cigar. And yeah, you know, we'll have to do that uh, cigar when it happens. Do the record out Mark algae.
0: Yeah. So like I said, I really want to smoke uh, Long Live the Queen. I've heard it's getting rave reviews. That cigar. That's why. Um, yeah,
1: I I have not smoked it. Um
0: like I said, I got a little sour taste with how it was at the show, but the cigar is the cigar and it deserves to be on the merit, not how it was like, you know, launched at the show. So yeah, I
1: haven't um like I said, I haven't really um had a lot of his stuff lately. Uh I really he, liked the Eastern Standard, like sun grown and stuff. But I, very, I haven't had that yeah. cigar. I gotta try it.
0: He, he the problem I've had with the Caldwell stuff the lines are so blurred with the lost and found I can't tell the difference mm. anymore as the the brands have really become blurred so um but everything this long of the Queen has been about is it, it seems like that's going back to vintage Caldwell uh, yes you know Caldwell launched about ten years ago now so he's been around a while he's he's got a very yes. good you know I I loved um. You know, I love those original three, the Eastern Standard, Long Live the King, and the King is Dead. I think that was a great triple lineup he's done. Mm. Um, And he's done a few, he's done offshoots. They've become not just single lines, but brands. So, you know, each of them have other things in there. Um, So he's done, like I said, I think he's uh, certainly built a nice portfolio over the last 10 years.
1: Oh, yeah. I mean, but like you said, he's been releasing so much of that lost and found stuff lately. It, I think it's just
0: and lost and found isn't really lost and found it other stuff. Yeah, it's yeah. small back. So I have a tough time delineating the brands and but uh, and he's difficult. He's difficult to cover. He's not one <laughs> PRs or anything like that. So that's his trip. But he's difficult to cover. It's hard to follow his portfolio sometimes. And I do think sometimes this stuff that just gets released, I'm like, why are you do why? and why are we doing this?
2: Yeah. Then
0: but I guess then something comes along, like long of the queen, and everyone's talking about the cigar right now. It's probably uh he probably got a big boost from the aficionado thing, I'll say that. So
1: Yeah, I'll have to I'll have to give it a try.
0: Yeah, well if he comes out with the Queen is dead, we'll definitely do his show. Yep. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yep. yep. Do it anyway. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. All
1: um right. that's all I got, man. That's all I
0: got. Uh, so again, happy New Year to our audience. Uh, happy New Year to you, Dave. Um, we will announce our next show and the date shortly, but it's going to be our year in review show, probably. Uh, and then we have uh, Dave. You and I have to go through a lot of the stuff. I think you laid out things pretty well. So like, we have a ton of stuff for 2024. It's our yeah. fifth year. Fifth year of the show, by the way. So, Woo! Uh, so yeah. I mean, uh, I'm excited. There's so much. That we have like came up with and there's there's always these ad hoc things we do as well where we just come up with an idea. Um so I like this Jeff Beck idea. I'm really kind of intrigued by it. Uh so oh, we'll see how Beck we will we, we'll see if it works or not. Maybe we, if we add it or not, I don't know. But but Dave, thanks again. Uh for all Thank your you efforts too. and hard Great work. Show, man. Yep, yep. Thanks our audience. That's gonna wrap up primetime jukebox. Episode 117 into the annals of history for this New Year's Day 2024. Uh, We'll see everybody on the B-side. Take care, everybody.